Hi, hello, welcome back to Passive Pixels, the only show that tries to kill itself every other week. Dorian, how are you? Because I assume, actually, you know what? Ugh, I already fucked that up. It's a mess. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? <sighs> this is not going to be a good episode. I literally already screwed up, what, 10 seconds in? I, I don't know if I'm even going to edit that out. I may just leave it in. Yeah, I feel like we say this every week, but it is really starting to get bad. So this is your chance to abandon shit, people. Um, and uh, yeah, save yourself. All of you that are still listening to this, you guys know we have timestamps. I put work into those. If you're listening to this entire episode, God help you. I don't really know what to do with that. This is just a, a call out. Just because I think of this every single episode, but I never say anything about it. Give me ideas about how to get any of you integrated. And I'm not saying like special episode thing. Like, is there a way that I could have interaction on an episode basis? I don't know. Figure out a way to contact me and I don't know. Let me know. Have you ever had any ideas? Because I, I've been doing this ideas thing just pretty much solo and I haven't really stopped to ask anyone else. Well, I've thought about it, but then I'm like, who would actually want to get involved with this? And then I'm like, yeah, no. So, yeah. Okay, you know what? Here's a better intro. Welcome to Passive Pixels, the only show with self-esteem problems. There we go. That sounds better. (laughs) That's true. Okay, table of contents. Um, Wow, what the fuck? Oh, that's there? Okay, uh, the first one, Pokemon Legends Arceus. I forgot that this is included here, but whatever. Uh, Risk. Resident Evil 6 is... Fuck, man, it's been a long two weeks. Resident Evil 6, once, begin again. The Soprano Season 1. Ah. Super Mario 3D World. Chinatown. Euphoria Season 2. Pig. Severed. Twilight Princess HD. Druck. Planet Lockdown. A Very Brady Sequel. Wally, The Mummy. Thomas Was Alone. Under the Silver Lake and Tangerine. Dorian, what's your list? All right, I've got, <clears throat> here we go again, Trails in the Sky, second chapter, Resident Evil 6, Fire Emblem, The Three Houses, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, Cowboy Bebop, Platoon, Skyfall, Spectre, No Time to Die, Wolfwalkers, Edwood, Eighth Grade, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Network, Shrek, Some Like It Hot, Prometheus, Alien, Waves, Jackass Forever, Speed, Almost famous, under the Silver Lake, and it. Okay. Um, we've tried. Do I have anything that I didn't like that I want to throw in here? Is there anything I want to be mean to? No, I don't. There's things I didn't like, but I'm not going to be that mean to him. So, Dorian, take it away. Yeah, I, I got a few things for Weeb Trial. Uh, so, again, we'll start at the top, as always, with Trails in the Sky, the second chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to disappoint people, mainly, mainly Edwin over here. Of course. Um, but I actually really like this game quite a bit. Uh, not only My do I really like it. state is disappointment, and it just, <laughs> yeah. we're not moving. Yeah, no doubt. So it's finished now. It completed. It took me around 20 hours, um, which is because only because I cheated. Like, this is a long fucking game. <laughs> this game should take you 40 hours. But yeah, uh, it took it 20 hours. Um, I really liked it. It's a big, 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 big improvement over the first one. Uh, I'll be honest. Like, literally every gameplay related issue I had with the first one persists with this one. It still feels dated as fuck, and it's horrible to play. But 
uh, as you know, I'm one of those freaks that uh, could care less about gameplay if I enjoyed the story. And uh, disgusting. <laughs> the story was really good in this. Uh, they, I, I don't know. They just turned, did a 180 and they're like, hey, what if we actually made these characters have arcs this time instead of nothing happening in the first game? It's like, hey, that's a great idea. Maybe you should have done that 20 hours ago. But yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and it kind of sold me back in on that series a little bit. There's a third one, uh, Sky, the third chapter, which apparently is kind of like an extended epilogue. Jesus. Uh, I plan on playing that. <laughs> I plan on playing that probably in April at some point, but we'll see. Hmm. I have nothing to add because I'm kind of a little disgusted at the idea that somehow that game has a good enough story to deal with real mid game with with real mid gameplay. Fair enough. So uh, my final, I'll score it then uh, for Trails in the Sky second chapter. It's an eight point five out of ten. I'm gonna give it a every single day we stray further away from God out of ten. That's a good score. Uh, okay. <laughs> So next up, Fire Emblem, The Three Houses. Uh, yeah, I'm throwing that oh, in here. Yeah, so yeah. look, I played this for, honestly, I lasted maybe two, two and a half hours. Uh, I've dropped it. I'm done with it. Um, here's the thing. I actually think I would have liked the actual story in this game. And like, it's it's basically just one giant kind of like persona dating simulator mixed in with some tactical combat. So like the actual like persona dating simulator I thought was great. <laughs> But the combat is just like fucking tactics based, and I can't stand tactics based combat. I don't like it. I hate it. I, I I've never enjoyed that type of combat. There's no easy mode. The easiest mode is like a normal <laughs> mode. So I'm like, oh, right away. I'm like, this isn't gonna end well. So I put it on normal. There's like a little tutorial battle which takes like five minutes. I beat that, no problem. Then like you get to like the first battle. So I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. I get wiped in like five minutes. I'm like, well, that didn't go well. Let's try again, but play more defensive this time. I get wiped in like 10 minutes this time. I'm like, if this is the very first battle, this is not going to go well. So I tried one more time, wiped again. I was like, okay, we're dropping this because this just isn't going to happen. I'm not, if I have to be like that, like the the game, in my opinion, the game didn't do a very good job of explaining anything to you. Like it gives you a couple of really basic tutorials, but doesn't like give you strategy on like what you're supposed to do. It just like you do this to do this, but it's not like you should think about this. And maybe it's buried in menus or something somewhere, but nah, I wasn't fucking reading that, so I'm done with it. All I know is that I really want to make fun of you for <laughs> you don't fucking play games, <laughs> but then you still have Cuphead, so you have like at least two or three more years where I can't make fun of you for that. So all I'm gonna say is, haha, <laughs> filtered by turn base. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's it's weird. Like there's some like like some certain types of games like I can get into and I can do it fine. Uh, but when it comes to tactics, stuff like that, and just turn-based and just, I guess stuff where you actually have to use your brain, that's when I kind of shut off. <laughs> Reflex, I'm fine, but using my brain, that's a hell no. <laughs> uh, the, the thinky thing? No, no, no. I want to either do the emotional thing. Give me emotion and I follow. Yeah. So that's it. Dropping it. My score is uh, fuck that game out of 10. Uh, my score is I'm pretty sure I have the uh, 3DS game Awakening installed on my 3DS and I'll probably play it uh, somewhere between now and never out of 10. Perfect. Uh, do I have anything else? Yeah, actually I do. Uh, so Cowboy Bebop. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, so I'm over halfway into it now. I'm a bit more mixed on it. I think so. The last two episodes I watched was like a two parter kind of in the middle and i actually really enjoyed those episodes um the music in this show is really fucking good and it's like one of my favorite things about this show uh whenever that like the jazz melody just comes on i'm like oh yeah here we go 
and oh, like, yeah. good shit usually happens. I don't know though. It just, it meanders a little bit. Like it just, there's some episodes where it feels like nothing's really happening at all. And I mean, I, I have to like, I still like it. I still don't dislike it. And it's going to be the first anime I end up liking because of that, because I, oh. I don't, it's, it doesn't actively repulse me, but I don't know. It's just, it's not hitting as hard as I would have liked the first time I watched. No, please join me on the weeb violence. Join me. Even if you're like, eh, it's okay. I need you to hate it. I mean, I'm not done yet, so we'll see. We might get there yet. But as of right now, I just, I can't, I, I, there's, there's not enough for me to hate it because I, there's some things I like. So it's just, it's, it's not there. I just don't think I'm going to be quite as over the moon as I thought I was going to be about it, which kind of sucks, but oh well. I'm going to go ahead and give this a, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed out of 10. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a, well, I mean, I'm still watching, so still watching out of 10. <laughs> anything that oh whoa transition back whoa it's definitely a scene didn't just get cut out right now from (laughs) weep trial no way could that have ever happened through the magic power of my editing um anything else in weep trial no that that's it weep trial's done for me now wonderful let's get rid of the other cringe shit video games uh pokemon legends arceus literally because i played one hour after the last episode it's on the list. I even forgot I played it. Um, yeah, it did nothing to convince me. Nothing. Pretty much the entire time in that last hour was me still going, wow, this game's really not going to shut up. And that's it. That that Everything I said in the last episode, all of the uncertainty, remove that. And just, I want to affirm myself that if I gave you five hours and those five hours I was still going, mm, I don't know. Mm, this might be worth it. Mm, if you if five hours of that, you're not worth it. Pokemon Arceus, you're dismissed. We don't need you here. Out of ten. Yeah, that's a. I'm never gonna play it. But uh, shout out to Psyduck. Out of ten. Let's go ahead and knock this one out because I think it might be just. It's right here, so might as well. Resident Evil Six. No. Yeah, we didn't play much, so <laughs> we we played two three hours. You know, Resident Evil Six. That was yeah, that thirty-hour fucking experience. You know, you know, we can talk in percentages, right? That's we're we're a little around less than ten percent through the experience. How are we feeling about Resident Evil Six? Well, um, uh, you know, again, I like to write notes for passive pixels, and my uh, my note under Resident Evil Six is uh, fuck this game. So hmm. I still feel just as strongly as I did before about it. I think it's garbage. This is the best campaign we're playing to start, the Leon campaign, and it all goes down fucking hill from here. So, yeah. You see, now, Resident Evil 6. If I was playing this alone, I'm pretty sure something would have been broken in this room. I don't know what. Either a monitor, maybe a mouse, maybe myself. I don't know, but something would have been broken. However misery loves company and knowing that both of us were being miserable gave me so much joy because that game is really really dumb and just knowing that you put on unlimited ammo and so we both like dumbasses just started emptying our mags because fuck it it's unlimited ammo and then we run into zombies and we don't have ammo 
I think that this is the sort of emergent gameplay that Resident Evil 6 can give us. The incredible design chops that has gone into this game to give us such moments like this. I don't know, man. I just I hate this game so fucking much. I, I I hate it, man. I hate it. And like, I don't know, man. Like, it's like just I just wanted to die. Like, I'm running around. Like, there was like there was that one part where you died like fucking four times in a row. Yes. And I, and and I just was running around. I'm like trying to give you health. There's no one to give you fucking health, so you just kept dying because you had no health. And I was like, man, I I would literally rather eat a bullet than play another second of this fucking game. <laughs> okay hold on let's let's do multiplication let's do 30 hours oh wait yeah 30 hours times 60 minutes and then times another 60 we have a thousand no sorry 108,000 seconds in this game so there's a lot of seconds so there may be a lot of demand for bullets afterwards um resident evil 6 is gonna be uh we're streaming this you know how I said at the beginning of the episode to contact me with ideas? I don't know how... Oh, hey, oh, I guess I can give out the site, I guess. Uh, Twitch.tv slash edcasty13. I hate shilling for myself, so I'm not even going to spell it. Out of 10. Uh, I'm going to give it a twitch.tv slash edcasti13 TV. Out of 10. T-I. T-I. I fuck it up, oh fuck. Well, whatever. Yeah, you know, think, you don't want to see this shit anyways. Just just fuck off, people. Don't, don't come uh, watch it. Okay, okay. Here's the thing, though. There's a good amount of crossover from the people who watch us be... Well, not watch. Who listen to us be dumbasses, and then who now want to watch us being dumbasses. Like, it's it's pretty much like a one-way road through. So, like, it, it kind of makes sense. I'm just trying um, to hack into my Spotify account right now. It's probably the Russians. Um, yeah, probably. Okay. That's two video games I knocked out. Take it from here. Sorry, give me one second. Oh, it's the Russians. Fucking White Putin is taking it. Sorry, you can edit all this out. I apologize. I'm no, man, White Putin's sure. in. Wolfenstein 2. Um, so, I don't know. So, after Fire Emblem, I was like, well, I'm cold on that. I'm not going to play that. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West on the Gym Station 5 comes out next Friday. <laughs> so, I'm very excited for that. But I need something to play in between there. So, I was like, eh, what can we do? So, I thought about it went through my... Uh, was looking through games and had some different ideas and then uh shout out to poot poot's been on the show before he's a big fan of this franchise one of the biggest so i was like you know let's uh <laughs> let's uh, okay. let's give this a shot even he sent me his copy he was like i want you to experience this so bad i'm gonna send you my copy i was like oh, that's really nice of you. and that's wolfenstein that's, too. that's definitely one way to tell that story <laughs> um yeah so uh, here's the thing i'm about halfway in i think already somehow i mean i was Jesus. looking at the chapters last night and yeah like, i think i've somehow played half already um or maybe like a little bit less than half uh but i'm enjoying it so far so i, I definitely can understand why people don't like it like the story's just there's a lot of story in this compared to the first one and it gets pretty fucking wild some of it and apparently it gets even more wild so i haven't even hit some of the crazy shit yet mm-hmm. but yeah like i don't know man like the shooting feels so good um 
it looks amazing visually. Like I've got it running in uh, dynamic resolution off, so it's basically a full 4K 60 FPS on these next ma- next gen machines. So it's gorgeous. Fucking Phil Spencer. <laughs> the uh, and yeah, just the, the gunplay, the combat. I don't know. It feels really crisp to me. There was kind of a stupid hub world part where I'm just kind of ignoring and just going to my objectives. So I don't know. That's just kind of useless for me. It, it's not as well done as the Doom Eternal hub world was. And uh, I don't know if it's like the the jump up from Doom 2016 to Doom Eternal was like big for me, like bigger. Um, I don't know if it's as big with this one, but I don't know. I'm enjoying it so far. All right. This is where I start getting really negative. Um, Wolfenstein 2. You see, the story bits early on, I was like, ooh, okay, you know what? I'm kind of digging this. But there's a certain moment where, um, you know what? I apologize um, because in this certain climate, if you criticize a couple of things, you may be racist. So um, I may pull a bit of a gamer move here, as some of the kids would say, and say that whenever you met the resistance leader um, and they have this entire argument and they have these crazy camera pans and they're they're arguing while they're being fired upon. I was like, I feel like I don't like this. I kind of like that the first game was wacky, but it still tried to take itself seriously. And then this game just kind of goes, ah, you know, somewhat serious. Nah, just go fucking ridiculous. So the story was already out for me there. So then gameplay. Gameplay. I enjoyed playing the original Wolfenstein and this one stealthily. So pretty much sneak up, throw in knives, taking out the captains, big stuff that I like, right? And then anytime I had to shoot, I would go, uh, yeah, the shooting's fine. I do love being able to dual-wield shotguns. That's incredible. I love it. But, but, I don't like that the changes that they made from the first game to the second game. The second game feels a lot more like it wants you to play it like Doom 2016, but the problem is is that your health is not really conducive to the way that Doom 2016 works. So while you feel like you should be running around going head-on attacking to shoot them directly, your health is going to fucking dwindle the first time that you try that, and it's like, oh, well, cool, I'm not supposed to do that then. I do enjoy the stealth bits, but the fact that so much of the gameplay is telling you, hey, you want to play Doom instead? And then you try to play Doom and the game goes, huh, you fucking stupid. Why would you even try that? That grates me with that part of the game. Uh, there is one good highlight part of that game, though, that I don't know if you've gotten there. Maybe you have, but there's like a solid two or three hours where I'm like, holy shit this is excellent could you just done this the entire game and the game goes <laughs> no i've got like four more hours until the ending and i'm like oh well <sighs> i don't care about the series anymore thank you yeah that's fair what difficulty were you playing on uh i don't remember i think uh you know what i can probably check because uh trophies man fucking show me your credentials huh <laughs> Well, while you're doing that, um, mm-hmm. I was on the normal, I'm, I'm playing on the normal for experience. Like there's two different normals, experience mm-hmm. and noob normal, I guess. So I'm playing on the middle one or like the mid, the true middle one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mostly whenever I can do stealth, I'm like, you all just do stealth. Um, it, it does like the shooting feels really good to me. And you're right. Like you do want to play it a bit like Doom 2016. I haven't had like, there's been a couple areas where I've kind of gotten stuck on. 
Um, like the last, like one of the last areas I finished before I quit for the night. That was really annoying. Uh, basically, uh, is this, is this a spoiler? Not really. You're in like a, you're in like a Nazi courtroom and like all these, like, you just have to like survive. And that was pretty fucking annoying. <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you right now here. that that is the, that is the inflection point of difficulty in that game. Like, what, like, oh, like that's the, that's the, that's the hardest. Yeah, no, no, easily. Yeah. That is probably yeah. the biggest. No, okay, actually, I won't say it's the. Oh, I don't know because that one spot of the hardest, is man. that spot is the the difficulty curve leading into that is probably gotcha. the actual worst. Yeah, but there is one section at the end that is also pretty difficult. But because it ramps up, I don't know if it's as difficult. That's fair. Yeah, it was just kind of out of nowhere. Like, and like it really sucks because you start with like almost no health. So you kind of got to quickly scavenge around and grab health and grab ammo because you're out of ammo too at that point. Like you have nothing at that point. And oh yeah, just, no, you have to scavenge. Yeah, you have to scavenge, and they just keep bombarding shit at you. So it just kind of caught me out of nowhere, and that part was really fucking irritating. Hold on, but, hold on, uh, hold on. Because we were so close, and you know that we have to have a Metal Gear Solid reference when we can. <laughs> Weapons OSP. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta have it man yeah there's the, you, I mean, you can never have enough metal gear solid discussion on on anything 19th amendment nuclear weapons dharma chief nazi. darpa darpa chief dharma thinking of lost you're that nazi commander that was being a nazi commander <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, bj blaskowitz <laughs> I love, I love my boy BJ, man. He's just—he always acts so normal amongst all the fucking insanity, and I love it. New York was bombed. <sighs> but yeah, so I'm enjoying it so far. I think it's—I uh, think it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I have not finished, so we'll see where I land by the end of it. Uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll have like—I still have like eight days left, so I hope to hope to finish that before then. I think it should be fine. Okay. So I am looking at. Oh, wait, no, that is Wolfenstein 3D. That is not. Uh, new Colossus. Okay, so there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven difficulties in that game. Uh, I did right in the middle of the pack, so just uh, do or die. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I think I that's either one up from where I am or the same. I forgot, but that's close. Okay. But yeah, that game uh, it it left me by the time I was at the end where I was like, huh. I couldn't really decide if I like that or not. And so that's enough for me to go, sorry, Wolfenstein, you're getting fridged. Maybe at some point you'll do something that I like. At the moment, though, no. Goodbye, Machine Games. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to give it a, so far, a, uh, I'm more excited for Indiana Jones now to town. Also fucking lol, huh? That Phil Spencer again making choices based on things I don't want. <laughs> no shit, eh? Um, okay, let's see. Oh, wait, actually, you know what? I know you already gave the score, but, um, is there anything you want to go into spoilers wise? Not yet. Okay, fair enough. Nothing right, not, like that. So that's literally where I left off after that courtroom scene. So mm-hmm. I, I don't like there really hasn't like the story has been good so far, but like, I mean, there's been some kind of crazy shit, but I've heard it ramps up. So I'll, I'll go into spoilers on the next episode when it actually ramps up. Fair enough. Uh, no, no, I will hold what I'm going to say because it will, it'll have better context in the next episode. So Wolfenstein, I'm going to go ahead and give that a, well, Phil Spencer bought it. So that kind of tells you my entire opinion out of 10. All right. I have no games left. So that's it. That's pretty 
good actually fuck video games um i have well no hold on hold on i was about to say i have some disgusting ones but then i realized that the very next game was super mario 3d world so i can't really <laughs> lead into that oh shit the next game is zelda twilight princess fuck um actually you know what severed i'm so sorry severed you're no <laughs> i don't want to insult severed so uh thomas was alone i'm sorry you're gonna get insulted now uh, just because you're going to be the next thing I talk about. Uh, Thomas was alone. Um, no, but that doesn't make sense either because I need... S- I'm sorry, Severed. You're getting fucked over now. Whoops. Sorry. Uh, so Se- Sever, Sever. <sighs> yeah, I know. Okay, so Severed. Um, the people who developed this did Guacamelee, and they also made that new Vigia game that came out on that there Game Pass. Death's... No, it's not Death Store. Uh, nobody Saves the World. There we go. Uh, now, Severed is a Vita game. Well, it started as a Vita game, and a lot of the gameplay is just swiping at the screen, and that's pretty much where I I tried it. I really did. It's a first-person dungeon crawler, and the combat is swiping on a screen, and it's way too close to mobile game bullshit. Like, it's not mobile game bullshit. It's not. But that gameplay was starting to irritate me where it's like, I really don't want to be doing this. I think I got past the first dungeon. Um, I think the setup of the game, you see, that's the thing. I don't even think I got far enough to figure out what the setup is, but I feel safe in assuming that the setup is that something happens, something mysterious happens, mystical even, and your family gets kidnapped and you have to go get your family back. I got back my younger brother, and I beat a boss, and I went, yeah, this is probably good. I don't want to deal with swiping on a screen at all. I just don't want to do this, so I dropped it. Dorian, do you have any experience with Severed? No, the only Drinkbox game I've ever played really is Guacamelee 1, which I you know, I think it's okay. You just but barely I did. Fan. I just barely did. So, I don't know. They're kind of on a eh for me. Um, I might try that, that new one, that Nobody Saves the World one day, but uh, I'll probably never play Sever. No. Mm, okay. I will say, though, Guacamelee, very nice Metroidvania. Pretty sure if I played it now, the humor might annoy me, but that's okay. If I just tell myself it was 2013, no one else is doing this, I think I maybe get through it just fine. Um, so, Severed, I'm going to go ahead and give it a... You definitely tried. You definitely tried, and no one can take that away from you. I don't want to try to take it away from you, even though I sound really negative out of 10. I give it a, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Drinkbox, but my relationship with you is 7 out of 10. Uh, pun out of 10. I hate myself. Um, okay. <laughs> now, the reason that Thomas was alone, I couldn't exactly put ahead of Severed, is that without Severed, the game that I play on Vita was completely open. So I went, oh, okay, that's perfect. What can I choose now? There's a lot of things that I looked on my Vita that went, ooh, that could be an option, that could be an option. But I'm trying to look for something that doesn't require that much of an investment. And Severed, you know, to its credit, didn't need that much of an investment. But like I said, don't want to be fucking swiping on things. Thomas was alone I've been slow playing this for like two or three years now, and it's just occasionally jump in, 
do a little block puzzle. Oh yeah, that's the game. The game is very simplistic block puzzles while you have a narrator that is giving these blocks personality. And I think probably because I haven't been back to it, I don't remember what the narrative is at all. So it's literally just me moving around these blocks while you have a narrator going, well, Jessica felt very jealous of Jonathan. Jonathan being the new guy who just came in. Why does he get to be a tall block and jump around like that? Jessica always wanted to see the sky, see the water. And I'm just over here thinking, hmm, maybe if I didn't play this game for the first time in like, 18 months maybe i'd remember which block is which but also we block puzzles so it's probably missing the complete impact it could have on me but i'm still enjoying it enough to keep going because simple block puzzles on a handheld mm, good simple block puzzles on a mobile game fuck off i don't need you in my life yeah that's fair i i can't uh when it comes to mobile games in specific um they can go fuck themselves like Facts. and jump off the highest cliff possible and never come no back. Dive. But if you take that exact same normal game and you put it on a uh, portable console, then I'm like, cool, that's a game. Oh my God. There was one free uh, game through PlayStation plus for Vita. That was literally just matching things and it <laughs> didn't even use the controls. It was just on the, on the screen, right? That the touch screen. But right. since it was on Vita, I was like, oh, sure, fuck yeah, this is dope, man. I don't have microtransactions? Oh, that was fucking great. All right. And I just would play that a lot at, at college because I didn't have a gaming PC where I would play Rainbow Six Siege on instead with a controller. Uh, by the way, fucking wild times. Playing Rainbow Six Siege competitively on college public Wi-Fi using a controller in the middle of class. Insane times. I don't know how I passed. Um, those were the days, eh? Oh, incredible. So, yeah, Thomas Was Alone is a, you know what? I'm going to try this, and then I will probably play volume after because it was made by the same guy out of 10. I'm going to give it an indie out of 10. Mm -hmm. Actually, you know what? Have you heard of volume at all or no? No. No. Okay, so volume is basically a game where the guy went, so Metal Gear Solid VR missions doesn't exist anymore, so I just did that. That could be kind of cool. I, I do like mm -hmm. I do like some Metal Gear Solid VR missions. Mm -hmm. So you know what? I will get through Thomas was alone, so I can be like, eh, let's see what you got from here. I don't know what um, the same though, because I think my favorite part of VR missions is the dun 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 dun. <laughs> Impressive snake. So without without that, I don't know if it's the same. Great job, snake. <laughs> uh, right two Metal Gear Solid references in one episode. This is great. It, this is already an episode that's just getting better and better. Yeah, um, like, I thought this was going to be shit, but we're off to a great start here. It's all downhill from here, though. Dude, seriously, getting that Metal Gear Solid 2 Platinum and just hearing uh, Colonel always going, good work, Raiden, is probably stuck in my brain now. <laughs> It'll be the last thing that leaves my brain as I die. Good work, Raiden. Good work, Raiden. Like, he says uh, it so, like, he says it so dispassionately. He's not really proud of you. He's just reading a line off a of paper. Good work, Raiden. Probably true. At least um, Otacon sounds like he's excited. He's like, great work, Snake. And it's like, ah, oh, thank you. You're at least going to lie to me. Oh, wait, hold on. They have Natasha come back, and she's like, you know what you're doing. And you're like, ah, <laughs> I do, Natasha. What's going on? Moving on to the last video game. Another game that I've been slow playing since 2016, 
The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD. I fucking love this game. This, this game is great. Could I lambast it because it has like a really long tutorial at the very beginning? Yes. Do I want to focus on that when instead I could be focusing on the fact that the final main dungeon in the game is actually my favorite dungeon in the entire fucking series? No. I'm going to focus instead on the fact that you get to be fucking Spider-Man in the last dungeon. And it is epic as fuck. I get to be Spider-Man fighting a boss in a very Shadow of the Colossus way. Sign me the fuck up. You could have ended the game right there. Don't even need to fight Ganon. We're fucking good right there. You gave me what I needed. This game is great. Um, It definitely beat my head in at Hyrule Castle because there was like two different puzzles where I was like, wow, I don't know what to do. And then when I saw the solution, I was like, wow, I'm an idiot. I am a big-ass dum-dum. And here's the thing. Whenever I can look at that and realize that it's my mistake and not the game's mistake, it's always a good time. So Twilight Princess HD, fucking great. Hate the Wii U. Nintendo, please put it on Switch. I'll give you money for it. Here you go. Here's some fucking money. Also, one extra thing that I want to add. I bought it along with the Wolf Link Amiibo, and I remember there being a controversy about, oh, the Amiibo is locking content. It's locking things, and I was always thinking, yeah, that's pretty shitty, but also Amiibos are pretty fucking cool, right? I actually beat the game, and I was thinking, all right, I'm done. Let's put the disc up, but then I went, "Mm, you know what? I think I might actually use an amiibo for its actual purpose for once. So I decided to tap it. And then when I realized that it was just a combat dungeon, I was like, well, what is the fucking point of this? I don't want to do this. So I decided to take out the disc, put it back in its case, disconnect my Wii from the power, and just think, I hope I never have to use you again for actual Wii U purposes. So Twilight Princess HD... Spider-Man plus Shadow of the Colossus out of 10. I, so Twilight Princess is basically a game I played at the height of my fuck Nintendo era. Um, like just at the start of my turn towards that. So I definitely, yeah, no, uh, I might call it the light side, but okay. You're still in the dark side now. (laughs) I, uh, I definitely want to try this game again. Uh, I will wait until it's re-released on Switch. Uh, hopefully bundled in with uh, <laughs> with Wind Waker, but <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, okay. copium. <laughs> Take a hit of that copium. Skyward Sword uh, HD, sixty dollars. Yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> so probably not, but I do want to try it again and see what it is. Because yeah, I I didn't hate it. I just remember being pretty cold on it and just thinking it was okay. Um, but yeah, I definitely do want to try it again. I don't remember anything like it's been. I didn't play it since I was a kid. Basically, I played it on GameCube, so it's been a long time. And uh, yeah, hopefully, I can uh, try it again. Out of time. I'm also I'm also gonna say that the fucking music right at the end. I was like, oh, oh, how fucking dare you, Mister Nintendo, make Skyward Sword the first video game that you did an orchestral arrangement for Zelda. We were this close to greatness. If Twilight Princess had the fucking orchestral backing that Skyward Sword had, I think I'd be impossibly broken to this game. I would probably love it even more. Oh, just another thing, because it completely just happenstance. Uh, I saw this info about Twilight Princess. 
apparently Wind Waker bombed bad enough in the U.S. that Twilight Princess was completely made in uh, the vein to pander to the U.S. audience. So, you know what? Mission accomplished. Good job, Miyamoto. I'm a fucking simp for this game. I very much enjoy it. That's too bad. What? Oh, Wind Waker. I'm, 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 oh, yeah, I'm, Wind Waker bombing. I'm a, yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm a Wind Waker fan, so that's why. Not an Aki, you just, I miss, I like Wind Waker in general, so. By the way, do you want to know something that will hurt you deeply? What's that? Um, Wind Waker 2 is supposed to happen, but, you know, those sales. Yeah. No, I did know that. Sad. Oh, it's okay. It's very, it's very sad. I've already been well, broken about that one. Okay, you know what? I just realized that that probably didn't help you going into Twilight Princess. Like, this isn't Wind Waker 2. I want to pull the sword yeah. out again its head. Yeah, maybe. All right, we done with uh, discussing video games? Is that it? Uh, Wii U sucks out of 10. I still have one more video game. Uh, oh, do it again. Super Mario 3D World! Wahoo! Oh my god. Whew. I've been playing this on that there Switch OLED. It's really pretty on there. But you know what? I just want to throw something out from Super Mario 3D World. This game goes, hey, we're going to have a level. We're going to have a gimmick. Do you enjoy the gimmick? Cool. We're going to do it again. And you just keep doing it for each level. I was like, oh, my God, this game is so good. I'm so happy that this game is now on a platform that doesn't make me want to blow my brains out. I literally have a copy right over there. Like, it's a Wii U copy. I could have played it on Wii U, but I went, no. Give it to me on Switch. Give it to me on OLED. Give it to me portably. We're good. And you know what? I love this game. I've been... The little that I played of this game isn't because I don't want to give it time. It is literally because I'm like, no, no, no. I'm burning through this. I need to savor this. And it's been a long time since a game has gone, hey, you should probably slow down, really enjoy this. And I go, you know what, Mr. Wahoo? You're right. I'm going to slow down. We'll regroup on this. And you know what? <laughs> this game is so good that even though donkey kong tropical freeze is installed on my wii u i am considering about buying it on switch because when you put it on a platform that i actually like to deal with things happen things happen baby so to further continue the trend of disappointment i'm not a big 3d world guy 3d land 3d world whatever the fuck it is um so it now i played it on wii u I haven't played the Switch version. I have heard that they increased the speed, the walking speed in the oh, um, yeah. in the Switch version, which is nice. That sounds like some other quality of life things. Um, I don't hate it. It just if if I'm taking all the 3D Mario games and I'm comparing it, that one's easily last place for me. Like just easily, like it's by far the last place for me uh, compared to all the other ones. So that's just where I sit on it. Um, I will probably never try it again, uh, because Bowser's Fury can fuck off. That's basically like one step from Breath of the Mario, and I'm not supporting that. Um, and yeah, I mean, 3D, I didn't like it enough to play the original, so cool. Can I perhaps persuade you, mayhaps even peruse you, though that's not the word, but I just wanted to put another P word there, um, mayhaps that I did play it on Wii U, and I just went... This isn't what I want, and I stopped. Now, here's the thing. Uh, we've established before that 3D Mario's not exactly been my bag. I enjoy myself 2D Mario's, and literally Mario Odyssey is the only time I've tried a 3D Mario. By the way, I have 3D All-Stars installed on my Switch. Please get off my back. I don't... I'll get there, okay? I swear. I will say that I, too, was cold on it on the Wii U, but playing it on Switch, I was like, oh... 
oh, this is really good. So I'm not going to be like, ah, you know what? Go and buy it right now. I will say, though, maybe, you know, if you're ever desperate for another hit, that's there. The issue is, if I'm being like honest, realistically, if it ever went on sale, yes. That's the thing. Nintendo games just don't go cheap. So I, I can't like the cheapest Nintendo game will go is like $50, $55. And I cannot see myself being willing to pay $50, $55 for that game. So probably not. You never though, though. Maybe there's one day where I'm really starved for some Mario shit. But even then, I think I would just rebuy uh, Mario Odyssey and play that again. So <sighs> you know what? fine i hope you never have joy in your life again it's <laughs> already a give... daily occurrence <laughs> <laughs> oh, the moment you signed up for this show it was a fucking finality to that um i'm gonna go ahead and give this game a wahoo out of 10 bowser's old fucking gym shorts out of 10 ooh, doug, ooh, doug bowser doug bowser <laughs> that's even a better score um <laughs> Do I have any other video games? Or are we out of the cringe section? Uh, we're out of cringe. Okay, all right. Do we have any TV shows? Uh, I did mine. Bebop, so uh, that was up. Okay, all right. I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw in the two TV shows that I have here. I'm not going to spend too much time with them. Euphoria Season 2. Uh, we're going to dive back far into the previous episodes. Probably the first time that Euphoria came up on the show. Probably single-digit episodes where I talked about the special episodes. Now, those special episodes are still fucking great. Like, they're still really good. I haven't watched them again. I'm just saying that I'm pretty confident in my memory that those two episodes were something completely separate from the show that were just really good one-hour character studies of these two characters from the series, and they were great. Season two, I thought going into it, they would be a bit more like those character focused episodes. You know, they'd be a bit more grounded. They were willing to play with the characters and really dive into their mental psyche. And then season two goes, lol, now nah, you want to see these characters be complete trash bags again with even better cinematography? And I went, uh, fuck yeah, of course. So Euphoria season two, uh, I don't know. I think people, people i say people but honestly they're they don't exist they're just uh words that exist on twitter are people like hey, i'm complaining about this blah 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 here's the thing go watch a cw show go watch a cw show and realize how bad that is and then go watch euphoria and you're like oh wow huh i was fucking living like kings you put me back in poverty oh god please send me back Euphoria Season 2 has been fun. I don't even need to get into details because, honestly, I don't care about the details. All the characters are teenage shitbags just come being complete actual assholes to each other. They're all addicted to drugs. They're all cheating on each other. And I couldn't be happier than a pig and shit. And also, the cinematography and the music, fucking hot. Incredible. There's one character who is in absolute... He's probably the worst person on the show. Like, literally the worst person in the show who has done illegal shit where it's like, wow. Oh, wait. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to throw this out there. Child pornography. Yeah, that's him. Fucking terrible. But here's the thing. He has a montage that gave me, like, four or five new 80s songs that I've never heard of that I toss on a playlist. And I was like, you're a complete shitbag. I can't wait to see more of you because you have incredible music taste. Please keep feeding my playlist. 
So Euphoria Season 2 is going to be a glorious, glorious, don't touch my trash out of 10. I'm wanting to try this, and I will be trying this soon. Uh, I'm just finishing up Cowboy Bebop, and then after Bebop, I've decided I'm going to try Euphoria next. I still have no idea how it's going to land for me, but agreed. But I will say one thing that you said. Well, for, well, there's a couple of things. First of all, there's a movie we'll talk about later that Sam actually said, "Hey, because you really, really love that, there's maybe a slight more chance you'll like you for it." So that's interesting. Correct. And then beyond that, what you just said about the CW shit, I actually it was terrible, and I couldn't keep watching it. But I did find some enjoyment in the first season of Riverdale. So really, I did. There was it was, it was some enjoy level of enjoyment there. So shit, we'll just, you might like Euphoria. So we'll we'll leave we'll say those two things, and there's there's a chance, but we'll get to it when we get to it out of ten. That movie in particular, well, fuck it. That we why we don't need to keep it a secret. Waves. The fact that you like waves, like I try to like making my recommendations to you punctured, where it's like. Ah, fuck, that was really good. I don't want to flood you. I don't want to flood the zone with recommendations. But the fact that I did not know about the Riverdale connection now makes me think Euphoria has a better shot than I expected now. I'm not ready to get fully behind it, but there's more of a chance than I expected now. Fingers crossed. Mm. Uh, cinematography out of 10. Mm, mm. Uh, do you want to give a score or no? Did I give it a score? I thought I did. Oh, you did? Oh, okay, cool. Then maybe I'm just not paying attention. Uh, we're going to go... Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll get to it out of 10. That was my score. Fair enough. Um, woke up this morning, got yourself a gun. Um, I watched The Sopranos. I finally started it. Um, I'm going to be very controversial. I'm going to say... Uh-oh. I'm going to say... I like the show. <laughs> Show's Damn, really that's a good. Yeah, I know. Someone likes The Sopranos. Uh, call the police. Um, it shows really good. I'm four episodes in. The reason that I'm not going to run through this show is that I had watched Mr. Robot with my wife, her sister, and then her husband. So we hadn't done that in a while, right? I think we tried Westworld Season 1. That worked out. We tried Westworld Season 2. Bust. And, you know, after that, we didn't really do that. And we kept talking about making The Sopranos the next show for that. And you know what? It was the right move. Sopranos, holy shit. Oh, my God. This show is great. Um, I was actually really curious about the show. I was like, ah, you know what? This is shot kind of strangely. Why is that? And then I realized that the show, it was just in my head. It just looks like it's old, and I think maybe that's what was tricking my brain into thinking, was this filmed in 4 by 3 and then they did the Friends thing where they pan and scan to make it 16 by 9 No, apparently they had the foresight to actually film that show in 16 by 9 so all of it is the actual frame you should be watching, which was actually pretty cu- fucking cool to find out. Hey, look at me. I'm talking to the Sopranos, and I'm talking about the fucking camera work instead of the actual mob shit. Uh, the mob shit's great. Um, I love it because so far in these four episodes, it just looks like if someone went, what if Scorsese, but it goes on and on and on and on. Yes, I understand the reference that I'm making right now. That was intentional. Um, so, yeah, Sopranos is dope. I'm enjoying this, and... I can't wait to watch more. This actually is a show that if there is literally no plot thread, 
that pushes the entire story forward, and it's literally just mob story of the week, I will still be happy with this. We'll see if in a couple of months I am eating my words and I'm like, oh my god, move the plot along. But for now, I can see this going on for a good six seasons and I'll be happy. Yeah, the biggest the biggest compliment um, I can give to Sopranos is that it's basically like the godfather of television for me. And I say that in the sense of the Godfather is not like one of my, it's, it's not like a top 20 movie of all time for me, but I respect it so much. And it, and it's definitely in my top 50 and both of those movies, the first two and what they do for cinema in general and just how fucking stone cold, like classics they are and what they did at that time. Mm-hmm. And Sopranos is that exact same thing for me. It just, it was the first big TV show that basically took, okay, we're going to make TV, but we're going to make it like real fucking good. And at that time, there was nothing else. I think the Shield started around the same time on FX and kind of put that station on the map too, and I love the Shield. Yeah. Uh, but there's no doubt the influence that the Sopranos had and still has to this day. So I, I'm very right. excited to, for you to keep watching it and uh, giving your takes on it. So I am now convinced that Sopranos is what started the main character goes to therapy trope uh, in TV shows. <laughs> very likely, yeah. Because it's the first thing I've seen. Well, okay, it is the oldest thing I've seen so far TV-wise, I think actually in general, but also the first show that I've seen with that trope. So first off, if... The Sopranos did do that. Shout out to The Sopranos. Gotta be one of my favorite TV tropes is going to therapy. Um, So, yeah, Sopranos. Look, I understand what you mean in your Godfather comparison in that if you look at the history of the Godfather in relation to cinema beyond that point, the Godfather is an important inflection point. Uh, it just grates me a little bit because I feel like even though it is very mob show, I, I feel like I liken it way more to a Goodfellas or a casino than the Godfather because the Godfather feels like it has so much weight in the way it handles itself that with the way that kind of the Sopranos can wink and laugh at you a little bit, it feels way more Scorsese than it does Coppola. But, like, I get what you mean in the importance to the medium and how it fits. Yeah, it. I don't, yeah. Like, when, I, when I'm comparing The Godfather to The Sopranos, I'm not talking from an actual content perspective. I'm just literally talking about what it did for the medium. You're right, okay. though. It's far more similar to a Goodfellas in terms of the actual content. Absolutely. Okay, good. All right. I, I, I did want to clarify that because my brain was just like, uh, I, I would love to see the argument. I'd love to see it because like, you know, being compared to the Godfather or being compared to Goodfellas, you can't fucking lose. Yeah, no, no, definitely more Goodfellas for that. I, I, I just talking about what it did for that and kind of how it put, like, I mean, obviously cinema was a thing before the Godfather, but if you're, if you're no, like talking about a list of like <laughs> the best movies of all time, Godfather is going to be on like 99% of people's lists. So. Yeah. Correct. And uh, if it isn't, they haven't watched it right. or you're Brandon. Shout out to Brandon. No shout out. None. <laughs> Look, I'm already doing one editing trick, so I I would like to censor that. So just imagine that it's censored. Leap. Exactly. Um, okay, so yeah, Sopranos is going to be a gabagool oh out of 10. But it's also going to be a shit isn't real until the strippers stop dancing out of 10. <laughs> Good shit. 
Yeah, Sopranos is a classic out of ten. Like, I mean, it's the Sopranos. What else needs to be said? Exactly. Now, for movies, do we just want to send the ones that we don't care about to slaughter now, or do we want to start with things we like? Honestly, I, I kind of pretty much like everything on my list. So we, but we can obviously just do stuff that we don't care as much about. Just, just to clarify, because I actually don't really hate anything on my list. But yeah. Okay. No, because that's the thing. I have maybe one thing that I'm just like, eh, that was real mid. Do we want to just front load the stuff we want to talk about now, or do we want to just hopefully rush it at the end? No, I, I, I'll kind of. I want to keep the good stuff till the end, so I'll do my best and try to cut through shit here quick. So. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I will continue to plow through then. Uh, tangerine, uh, the most interesting thing about mm-hmm? tasty orange or fruit. Uh, tangerines, good fruits. Do they make a good movie? No, they do make <laughs> for a nice experiment though. Uh, Tangerine, the most interesting thing that I can say about this is that uh, transgenders didn't exist um, at all, but then Tangerine invented transgenders in 2015. Um, Which is weird, actually, to me. Like, I was like, oh, the movie's about transgenders? Oh, well, uh, cool? Um, The movie in 2015 had transgenders? I feel like people didn't know transgenders existed until, like, maybe a couple years ago. It's like, oh, uh, cool, I guess. Um, I guess that's, no, I guess that's one thing to note. The other thing to note is that the movie was shot on an iPhone 5C, not even like a main iPhone. It was like (laughs) the little cheap one. Um, it kind of bothered me though, because like it, it kind of had like motion smoothing through the cameras. Like this doesn't look right. This looks like it was shot on an iPhone. So it's like, ah, well that makes sense. Um, I think they even actually, um, they had someone custom make a lens for the iPhone so it would come out letterbox. So it's like, ah, well, okay. I feel like the entire process of this movie is way more interesting than the movie itself. What is this movie? Um, one transgender. Okay, hold on. I don't want to be offensive, right? Transgendered woman. That would imply man to woman, right? And like they're already a woman? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, cool. All right. Two transgendered women. Uh, they're both prostitutes. One just got out of prison and she was only in prison for like a month. She gets out of prison and then hears her that her boyfriend was cheating on her. And uh pretty much the entire movie is her chasing down the bitch that she was being cheated on with and to confront him. But you see that plot line was okay it's pretty trashy but you know we kind of established that i like trashy uh i feel like my biggest hang-up with the movie is that a lot of it just feels really lackadaisical and there's a completely other narrative about an armenian taxi driver that they show like six segments of him before you finally figure out why he's even important to the story so for about the third one i was like oh, you're not going to tell me who he is? And then the fourth and fifth one, I was like, why can't you just tell me who he is to this story? I don't fucking know who this man is. You already got me in with the transgendered women. Like, I like them. Well, I don't know if like is the right word because I was thoroughly entertained by their trashy sensibilities. Um, But this Armenian guy over here is like, what are you doing in this story? They eventually introduce why he's important to the story, but by that point, I was like, I I don't really think I care. Honestly, I got an hour into this almost 90-minute movie, and I just went, I think I gave up. 
I really just did. I don't know if I had the capacity anymore for movies that don't interest me to catch my attention the entire time now. And that was Tangerine. Uh, yeah, it just felt like a very interesting experiment more than anything else. Uh, I would love to see how this movie was made, though, because the idea of them shooting it on an iPhone makes me wonder, okay, was it one iPhone? Was it multiple iPhones? How the hell did you shoot coverage? Did you have people have their performances in one way and you told them, hey, we need you to nail the performance the same way again? Like my editing brain started going of like, okay, how did you cut this person saying this one sentence in this one shot and then you cut to another? Did you just mute the audio going through? Like there's so many different things that was going on in my head from a technical standpoint that I just stopped paying attention to the movie that was presented to me. So yeah, Tangerine. Um, I don't recommend it. I still need to see the special effects on, sorry, not the special effects, the special features of how this movie was made on YouTube. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it a, Huh. Tangerine invented transgenders out of 10. So I only have a lot of interest in that movie, especially after what you said and some other people have said. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing I can really add to this is it's funny you mentioned the whole iPhone thing because there's a movie that's been coming up a couple times recently called Unsane. I don't know if you've heard of that one. I have. Um, yeah, by uh, Sodenberg. And uh, it was all shot on an iPhone too. Now, I think it was a lot higher quality of an iPhone than a 5C. Yeah, um, the movie just came out not long ago. So like it would be a better one. 2018, yeah. So five years Wait, ago. Wait, seriously? What the or fuck? Four, That's four, terrifying. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, though. I actually saw that movie in theaters. And, uh, you know, I I just remember not really being able to notice that it was shot on iPhones. So I thought that was pretty impressive. Okay. Uh, best, best compliment I can give it. I mean, the movie's not amazing. I think it's pretty good. Um, but And I haven't thought about it much since then. But whenever I bring it back up in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did see that. And it wasn't bad. So hmm. incredible. Uh, an iPhone 7 Plus. So literally two iPhones ahead. Um, there you go okay well i did not expect to ever think about unsane again but here we are i guess um (laughs) so yeah uh tangerine i don't think there's anything else i already gave my score right did you Uh, yeah i'll I'll take the fruit out of 10 okay perfect all right off to you uh okay uh let's talk about platoon Platoon, the classic war movie. Um, look, this movie's pretty good. I did not hate it. In fact, I quite liked it. Uh, I think, though, I've been watching a lot of war movies lately, and this one, in comparison, just wasn't as good, didn't hit as hard for me. Um, uh, could also be just a bit burnt out on the genre in general, so I'm definitely going to take a little break from the war movies, I think. Uh, but it was still good. I enjoyed it for sure. Uh, William Defoe was fantastic in it. I thought he uh, was the star of the movie for me. I really enjoyed his performance in this. He's a lot younger in this too, but I mean, he just brings it so hard in every single movie he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was great to see a young uh, uh, Charlie Charlie Sheen. Yes, I yeah, think thank so. you. Yeah, it was good to see a young Charlie Sheen here, um, especially after his dad Martin Sheen was in um, uh, Apocalypse Now. So it was kind of cool. They both yep. had their own. They both had their own little war movie. So I thought that was neat. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just, you know, this one, it, it, it was certainly heavy as all war movies are, but it certainly what? wasn't no nearly what's that. What? No way. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. A but it wasn't the heavy. What? Yeah. But it wasn't as heavy as some of the ones I've been watching lately, like apocalypse now. So that was appreciated. It was a little bit lighter as far as war movies go anyways. So 
but enjoyed it. Uh, it was a good watch and uh, not, not sad at all that I did. Um, mainly the only reason I want to watch this is because I need to finish the Sheen War collection. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to watch Hot Shots Part D. There you go. That's a pretty good reason. Yeah, you haven't seen it yet, so I guess we'll table that for more discussion until you do. So that's all I have to say. It's a 3.5 out of 5. Okay. Uh, I'm going to continue the train of negativity. Um, Planet Lockdown. Um no one it that is actually the crux of my entire conversation right so i went to go have dinner with my parents right uh they uh they had gift cards they're always getting food gift cards because no one ever knows what to gift them and of course in proper parent fashion they're like we don't know what to do with this gift you gave us this gift we're just gonna give it back to you so you know having dinner with them i try not to complain because i'm pretty sure even if i give them the gift they're just happy to spend time with me so it's like you know what okay fine it's a good excuse so we're sitting there right and my parents are talking to me about yeah we watched this movie called lockdown no sorry they called it locked out first locked out and I was like, oh, Locked Out. Isn't that like Schwarzenegger, um, uh, Stallone movie where they're locked in together or something like that? And they're like, no, it's like it's a documentary. But then it turned out to be just a movie. And I was thinking, what? That's just fucking weird. OK, you guys need to show me this movie because I've never seen this. Now, here's the thing. They have um, uh, if people know what. um hacking a fire stick is it's kind of like that so there are movies uploaded there um by the way i just for the record want to show even though i have a record of doing stuff like this i did not install this for them so they went out of their own volition to find this so planet lockdown is that movie now i'm going to read the description of this movie uh by the way i just feel like it is funny uh i think planet lockdown on Letterboxd has four people who have logged watching it. So I am 25% of the people <laughs> on Letterboxd who have seen this movie. There is only one review of it. So I'm going to go ahead and read the description. Planet Lockdown is a 90-minute documentary on the situation the world finds itself in. We spoke to some of the brightest and bravest minds in the world, including epidermatologists, scientists, doctors, lawyers, protesters, a statesman, and a prince. These brave souls have the courage to speak truth against all odds and inspire us to do the same. We must have the courage to overcome our fears. Once we do, it gets easier every time. Now, why did I read that entire description? Because if you ask me to describe the movie I watched, that is not the movie. So either... Either the shitty movie that I saw wrote a completely false description that tricked my parents into watching easily one of the shittiest movies that I've ever seen, or someone uploaded the wrong movie in the wrong title. I don't really know, but I like to pretend like they totally lied to people with their name and with a wrong description. What the fuck is Planet Lockdown? Planet Lockdown is a shitty, shitty movie that stars five people 
that were somehow able to get into an abandoned high school and shoot an entire movie in there where it's basically a zombies fucking movie where instead of zombies, it's people infected with COVID. I don't know how you make this shit up. The movie is so fucking low budget. There are only two women in the movie, and one of them is the main character's wife, and the other one is a sister, and you can pretty much tell that both of them are actually in real life related to him. Did I check the credits to confirm this? No, because I stopped caring after some point. But holy shit, this movie had me laughing out loud so often because I kept thinking... How is it that I myself have never shot something and even I could go and say, yeah, that is the wrong way to fucking do this. It is probably insane to think that me talking about this might be the most profile this movie has ever gotten and the movie literally, (sighs) I don't even remember what my point is because I started thinking about this movie again and it derailed me because that's just what this movie fucking does. It is actually easily one of the worst movies i've ever seen and i don't think any piece of me really wants to even put it on a list of worst movies because there are still enough times that like i was scratching my head and thinking this is really what you came up with really i've talked a lot of shit about this movie so i'm just gonna go ahead and give small examples um There is a shootout at some point where the bullet holes, you can obviously tell that it's like stock images of bullet holes going through walls. So you can like obviously tell like there's a spray and it's like, yeah, that's not even in the right angle. Uh, It cuts away and then it cuts back and the bullet holes are gone. Uh, All the fight scenes, you can easily tell that it's like, ah, I don't want to hurt you. Um what else blood spray that you can tell was shittily put on and like after effects uh stock music uh they had a car crash where you can easily tell that no one was in the car because you can directly see inside the cabin and there's no one sitting there um fake kills where you can tell that the camera was positioned because you can't show what it looks like Uh, They have one dude kill another person with a security camera where you can easily tell that the camera would be hitting to the left of his head and not his actual head. And the movie doesn't even try to make it seem like it's happening. Uh, The sound effects are off. There's so much in this movie that is actually fucking terrible that it makes me think if this got made, maybe I can do something too. I don't even know what to say to that, Ed. Um, Yeah, I know. Um, I kind of want to watch it now, but uh, no, I I'll okay. Look, damned if I'm going to make the effort to find it. Uh, I actually did while you were talking. I did a little bit of Google foo. Uh, pl- the planet doc, the, the the planet COVID or pl- planet what fuck pl- planet lockdown. Uh, that's a real movie, a real documentary movie that. Has oh, like, so they uploaded the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a real movie that that that, that was taken down off of sites because it's basically anti-covid all this shit so yeah they just uploaded the wrong shit so (laughs) you know what i i I want the record to show that i want to cut out what you said but i don't want to make more work for myself so everyone ignore what what you heard from dorian okay uh yeah that's literally all i have to say about that i'm sorry that you had to experience it (laughs) 
no, it's okay. At least my parents and I really just started laughing our asses off about it. Um, Something good out of it. So uh, we're going to give that a, uh, I was bamboozled out of 10, and also I should probably be able to make something better than this out of 10. Watch Planet Terror instead out of 10. Probably a whole lot better. Yes. Yeah, uh, sure. Your turn. Uh, where are we going to go? Let's go eighth grade. All right. Uh, let's go eighth grade. Um, back to eighth grade. So, hey, you know, this, this is the first time I've been excited about eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I mean, this was a pretty fun movie. Uh, Bo Burnham, man. Like, I like. I've never listened to the guy's comedy. Um, I, I mean, he 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 has that that song. I think it's the, the Jeff Bezos song. I think he's the one that does it. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. I think it's kind of cringe. I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, but this was fun. I like this. Um, it was excruciating to watch. It's fucking excruciating. And if yes. I had known how excruciating it was, I probably wouldn't have picked that. I did not realize it was going to be that bad. Dude, I, I told you you were going to be clawing I, at your face. I still haven't had a banana since I've watched this movie. No, I can't right now. <laughs> I need time. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> God. But hey, you know, it was a good movie. Bo Burnham is actually like, he, the guy should do more movies, man. Between this and he is in Promising Young Woman which is definitely a little bit overhyped, but he's actually a performer in there and he acts in it and he's very good in that movie too. So I don't know whether he's acting more or directing more. He should definitely get involved with more pictures because he's not bad. He's very talented in that space. And uh, yeah, this is just a really good heartwarming coming of age story that like Ed said, it kind of makes you want to claw your face off a little bit. A little. Oh, I feel a like lot. you're underselling it. Yeah. A lot. There's some there's some shit in this that's just like, oh no. Oh no, you're doing that too. And it's just it just goes on and on until you finally get a little bit of reprieve at the end, which is nice. But it's good stuff. I liked it. Eighth grade reminds you what oh no, you know what? I'm gonna steal a phrase, all right? Eighth grade really makes you feel like you're in eighth grade, um, except you know less of a meme and actually really fucking true. Um, eighth grade is such an awkward piece where you feel everything that the main character does, and you are transported back into middle school. Except now the hellscape that most middle schoolers have because the internet exists and there's a actual verifiable proof that middle school did exist <laughs> you can delete myspace so in other words i never had a middle school good fucking job there was a lot of cringe on there uh but yeah eighth grade is an incredible movie i think it's actually maybe my first exposure to literally anything bo burnham has done um i've been really bad about watching comedy specials i it's one thing that sadly has just fallen out the face of the earth for me because i've just dipped so much more into movies but this movie is good enough that I feel like I always want to give Bo Burnham another shot. But again, I'm really bad about anything that isn't movies right now. And half of the show is video games, and that should still be good proof of, you know, of that. So, yeah, eighth grade, very fucking good. I'm going to give it a... That's the thing, I want to do banana out of ten, but that's too... Oh, no, no, I remember what my score was going to be. I'm going to give it a Gucci out of ten. <laughs> God, like why god you're awkward jesus christ uh three three point five out of five okay perfect uh i'm gonna go ahead and bundle these two movies together because you talked about sing street last week uh, last episode whatever i should 
Last fortnight. There we go. Much better. I fucking hate myself. Um, you talked about Sing Street, and I decided to dip back into the rest of the filmography that that director had done. Uh, so once and begin again. Let's go ahead and get the fat out of the way. Begin again. I hate this movie. Wait. Oh, wait. Do I hate this movie? Do I hate this movie? Actually, you know what? Yeah, I hate this movie. Um, I don't care about any of the actors. I could not find anything about these characters to like. The music is lacking. And once you tell me that a person that made once and you made Sing Street, and you're telling me that I can't relate to the characters and there aren't any bops? Do I really need to complain about this movie any further than that? So, yeah. Begin again. Dead to me. John Carney has only filmed two movies. That movie doesn't exist to me. Moving on. Um, once. <sighs> okay. I know that there's probably a movie version of this, but I'm going to dip into video games because it's my better example. So, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past is just 2D Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Much like Metal Gear 2 is just 2D Metal Gear Solid. Basically the same framework, except now there's a couple of changes to be like, ah, well, it's not this character, it's this character now, but it's the same framework. That feels a lot like what Once is compared to Sing Street. Sure, there's a lot more changes going into Sing Street than the other two examples I use, but it feels a lot like that same template of characters you like with some fucking good bops. So once, you can definitely tell that it's really low budget, but honestly, as long as the audio is crisp on those songs, it can look low budget. But yeah, once does have that same special sauce that Sing Street does. It does feel like it starts meandering a little bit, maybe at the end of the second act, end of the third act. But around the end, because you still care about these characters, I was all for it. Um, the music, though, as long as you nail that, I will be very happy. So uh, congrats, John Carney. You are two for two. Two for two. I swear if anyone rips away my copium, I will find you. So he's two for three. Good to know. Um, look. I will find you. I have your address. Good. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> you got to remember that's not a threat to me. I like, really got to remember that. I will find you and I will flood your house with copies of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, there, there you are. I take it back. Two for two. <laughs> um, yeah, so I actually do want to see Once uh, pretty badly. The second one, or the, that doesn't exist. I'm going to ignore two. Uh, but Good Once, one. yeah, definitely want to check that because you know how much I loved Sing Street. So I'm very excited to watch that at some point. It has been added to the watch list and it will be consumed at some point very soon, hopefully. Uh, until then, I don't have much else to say on it. Uh, just that Sing Street was still incredible. That's all I have to say. And fuck you if you didn't watch it or if you haven't seen yeah. it. Got it. Uh, I don't think I gave my scores. Maybe I did, but whatever. No, you I'm didn't. gonna do it no, again. You didn't. You're good. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Begin Again is gonna be a. It stars Adam Levine, out of ten. But yeah, that's also, all you need. no, no. But here's the thing. It gets worse. Uh, it also stars James Corden, out of ten. So, um, yeah, that's those are really good scores. Um, okay. Um, and then Once is gonna be a. Ooh, let me find the song name because I want to find the song name properly and give that my score. 
Falling Slowly out of 10. Fucking incredible song. I love it. Good shit. Once is on my wish list out of 10. And um, the other one, I'm going to give it a, I would really like to see Martin Scorsese take a challenge and have to make a movie starring Adam Levine and James Corden and see if it's any good out of 10. Ooh. Oh my God. We might lose Scorsese from that one. It's <laughs> just like, I'm out. Peace. <laughs> Scorsese just starts dropping N-bombs and leaves. <laughs> I'd be epic. I would be the greatest dead to a career ever. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, well, I'm going to bang out three right now. Let's get these Bond movies done. Skyfall, Spectre, and No Time to Die. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so we've it. talked about so much Bond on here before, so I won't go mm-hmm. too in-depth on it, but let's let's talk. And there's a whole special episode on No Time to Die anyways. But here we go. Uh, Skyfall. Uh, I mean, look, Skyfall is not only the best James Bond movie, it is one of my favorite movies of all time. That's just the way it is. It's still incredible. Uh, From the very opening shot in this movie, you know you're getting something different with that beautiful Deacon cinematography. It's just stunning visually, and you just know you're in for a different experience here. Uh, Then you get to the song. I mean, there's nothing more iconic than Adele's theme song here. It might not be. Maybe it's not technically the best Bond song of all time. I don't know. We, all of the Bond nerds argue that, but I don't know if there's a more memorable one at this point. And for my mm. years, it's absolutely incredible. Oh man, I I feel like both of those could be argued because like there are songs that everyone I feel like "Live and Let Die" is like a song that everyone kind of knows, and then people find out afterwards it's a Bond song. That I see you could be right with that. That's fair. That's fair. And I should say, I'm not saying it's the most recognizable. I'm just going to say one of the most. Okay. Yeah. There we go. I can agree with that. There we go. Um, and then, you know, the only, like the, one of the big things I want to touch upon is when I see people knock this movie or like give it negative points, it's usually about the end. And how it goes kind of home alone. And, and I got to say, right. I love it. <laughs> I love yeah. the ending of this movie so much. It's so much fun. And they do it in such a perfect way that just somehow <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it doesn't feel ridiculous. And I don't know. It just gives it such a closing chapter to it. Uh, it's just, it's, you've said it many times, but it's, it's such a cool meta piece on just the, him examining basically in a world where there doesn't need to be bond. Like he's kind of obsolete at this point. Mm-hmm. And they, they do such a great job kind of exploring that idea. Uh, and, and then the biggest of shout outs to Javier Bardem, who just basically plays Jaws in this movie once again. <laughs> and he's so fucking menacing and so great in this movie. And just you could not have cast a per- more perfect person for this. So which, to be fair, even my issues with Spectre aside, which we'll talk about in a second, like they, they really did nail the villain choices on all of these movies. All of the Bond movies. They did amazing jobs with all of them. Um, so yeah, I absolutely adore Skyfall. Nothing has changed. And so we can title this, the Sean Mason appreciation thing. Once again, Sean Mason, thank you so much for that steel book. It is gorgeous. Sean, you're a wonderful man. I'm sorry that you probably are like, ah, well, we're all pretty good. Uh, I don't know if I agree with you there. You're probably definitely better. Um, you're probably some of us are just that. a little bit better. <laughs> Yeah, everyone is pretty equal, but some of us are more equal than that. And that's Sean Mason. So, mm-hmm. Skyfall's amazing. Uh, you have anything else you want to add? Just glow, no, glow about it some more. 
That's the thing. I just really so like this movie. I love me some Sam Mendes, Roger Deacons. Deacons collection. Uh, oh, I collection. I said connection. I meant connection. <laughs> Jesus, I. This is going to be terrible. Here's the um, bad part of the show, folks. Oh, do you mean the entire thing? Yeah. Um, except whenever we praise Sean Mason, those are my favorite yes, parts. Yes, that, that was the best part by far. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, this. I don't know, man. Skyfall is really good. I love this movie. Anything that I said in the Bond episode, I feel would cover it more. But uh, yeah, I love me the meta aspect of this movie very much. And I like that it's still a good Bond movie, even through the meta. I love it. Agreed. So Skyfall, I'm going to bang that off. Five out of five. That is cinema at its finest. You want to rate it? Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Listen to the special episode out of ten. There you go. Okay, Spectre. Um, (sighs) Spectre. Ah, look for the longest time i've said quantum of solace is worse than specter i'm not even going to argue that anymore i'm just going to put quantum of solace equals specter i hate both of these movies i I hate this even i hate i actually think i watch i hate specter more this rewatch than i did with quantum of solace so they're on the same level for me now specter is just so fucking boring man (laughs) Like, it's so fucking boring. And I actually feel bad because I actually went and looked. I'm like, who's the cinematographer that got fucked with this? Because there's actually some nice shots in the movie. I I actually think there's some gorgeous shots in this movie, too. Um, and the guy has done a lot of shit. Like, he's fucking, he did Interstellar. He's done a lot of really good fucking movies. So this is just a pure shit script through and through. Like, it's just an awful fucking script that never should have been made. Um, and, and you fucking take great, you, you take great actors like Leia Sade, Sadeu, I don't know how to say her fucking Sado. Sado, thank you. And Christoph Waltz, you take these great actors and you just give them fucking jack shit to work with. And this is Spectre in a nutshell. Um, so broken at a script level for me, there's so much wasted potential here because you're finally doing a story about Spectre and you blow it like this. And I've said this a million times before. But fuck you for not using the Radiohead song. I will never forgive you. Fuck everything about this movie. Okay. All right. Uh, first off, the cinematography. I, I do want to talk about how there is one nice shot that always sticks in my head, and it's in the car chase in Italy. And they have this very nice wide shot, and both of the cars drift into from the left frame into the center frame. That always sticks in my head. I'm like, ooh. That was really pretty, and it's probably one of the only lasting images that I have of that movie. Uh, the other thing I also want to say is that um, Spectre fucking sucks. He just sucks. I don't know if there's anything else I can add. Uh, if I send you $5, will you put Quantum of Solace above Spectre? Yeah, absolutely. The $5 stipend from obviously all the money that Passive Pixels makes, uh, it will be sent off. <laughs> Done. Quantum of Solace is the worst. Or, sorry, Quantum of Solace is better than Spectre. Spectre is the worst. Fuck Spectre. Woo! All Two right. out of five. This, these are how deals are made, baby. Listen to the special episode at <laughs> 10. And then finally, No Time to Die. So this is my second time seeing it at Shadow 2. Wow, shout out to Ed. Who? What? Host of Passive Pixels. (laughs) What an asshole. I hate that guy. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to you for sending me that steel book. Um, So I gave it the rewatch. And yeah, I still really like this movie. Um, I mean, there were still issues with it for me. I do. It is too long for me. I I just wish they cut some of the fat from this movie. And it's smack dab in the middle for me of all these movies but it's just such a huge step up over specter and quantum solace like we're talking fucking 
elevator levels up that I couldn't even care at this point. And it's still a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love um, Sam Raimi even more. Fuck, I did it again. Holy it's fuck, Sam Esmail. No, wait, no, shit, that's the wrong one. Uh, Ma- Rami Malik. Oh my fuck. fucking god. Uh, Rami Malik, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I literally have Rami Malik on my notes here, and I still fucking said Sam Raimi. I don't know what's wrong with me. Holy shit. Dude, you broke me too. I still. Oh. That's a bad one. Don't edit that, though. We deserve to look No, we're not. No, no. Look, um, um, Rami Malik. I want you to know that we own up our, to our mistakes, and we still love you. Thank you for Mr. Robot. As yeah, well as no Sam shit. Esmail. Thank you to both of you. Yes. Good job. Um, R- Rami Malik. Yes. He's still really good here. I like him. I mean, there's not much to go off of, but I just like the classic Bond villain who just wants to fucking destroy the world, because why not? I Give appreciate that, that. What is his name? Exactly. And I still love that fucking moment uh, where with, with the kid where he's the kid like bites him. He's like, oh, fuck off. I'm leaving you. And he just fucks off and leaves the kid. That's still my favorite thing ever. Love that so much. Oh, I love it. Um, great send off for Daniel Craig. Like, I mean, you just couldn't ask for a better, a more fitting conclusion to the trilogy or the trilogy, the five movies. Um, trilogy of good ones, I guess we'll say. Uh, and yeah, I'm just really, especially after watching that the second time, I'm just really excited to see where they go from here. There's so many different ways they can. And if you want to hear more about all of that, watch the special episode. All right. Uh, no time to die. Um, because it popped into my head, uh, when you were speaking about how it's a little bit longer than you'd like, uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. And generally anytime that a season finale is like a two parter, it just reminds me that if you are having an ending, you can be overindulgent. It's okay. Yeah, it's fair. I'm not going to get angry. So like no time to die. Should a Bond movie ever hit two hours and 30 minutes, 40 minutes? No. Is it saying goodbye to the guy who I think hit the longest running same Bond? Uh, like from amount of mo- No, not amount of movies, but at years. least year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go for it. G- give him a send off. That's okay. We'll milk this a little bit. We'll probably do a better job of tying all the movies together than fucking Spectre did. Uh, yeah. That's okay. I'm okay. So. Yeah, um, I'm also probably going to give this the same score I've done to the others, which is go listen to the special episode. It's a good special episode, and it's got a British person on it, and uh, British people know Bond, so you know we we did our research for that one. You know he was a diversity hire, right? Of course, of course. Fuck the British. Uh, 3.5 out of 5. (laughs) Seconded. Um, Let's see, what do I have next? Ooh, you know what? I'll throw this in here. Uh, Chinatown. Oh, yes. I'm not... You see, I'm not going to speak too much. Yeah, because I need to watch it. Uh, exactly. But what I will say is that Chinatown, I was watching it and I was like, oh, this is this is definitely some noir. And now I'm going to talk about the Blu-ray menu for a second. But that Blu-ray menu theme, I was like, oh, my God, I just really need a cigarette. I really <laughs> need to be in black and white and just hard drink right now. But like. This movie is what noir is. I really enjoy the performances. The music fits the period so nicely. What I do want to talk about, though, is that the ending, right? Pretty much I was watching the movie and I was like, okay, yeah, you know what? This has been pretty good so far. I don't think like this is 
incredible. Like, okay, well, it's really good. I, I just don't want to be like, wow, holy shit, that was incredible from start to finish, right. right? It was like, yeah, this is just very good. And then the ending has, this, it has magnitudes of just beast energy that I was like, did you seriously end like that? And then it just fucking shot my admiration for this movie through the fucking roof. So, Chinatown, that ending was easily some of the most legendary shit that I was like, oh, you're just, that's it. You're just leaving it there, huh? And then it gets to the credits, and I got more of that sad jazz, and I was like, oh, oh. It almost makes me a little bit sad that the beginning of the movie wasn't, you know, a lot like higher tier stronger because if it was i would have kept this one but that ending holy shit that's that's incredible exciting for me man i like a like i'm a sucker for a movie that ends strong so i'll definitely be watching that soon very excited to give that a watch uh maybe sooner than later because it is actually available in um through 4k through apple um, on the Paramount streaming, um, you can get a free trial for it for a week. I'm certainly not going to use that for fucking the Halo TV show. <laughs> so um, I'm, I might just honestly burn the free trial and watch the 4K because that'll be the same quality as the Blu-ray anyways. So Okay, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, Chinatown yeah. is going to be uh, based out of 10. Can't wait to watch it out of 10. Okay, uh, your turn? Yeah, let's do... Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'm actually... I think I'm... How many do you have left? Uh, I have one, two... Three, four, five, six. Yeah, once again, I got way more than you. So I'm going to bundle right. two here. I'm going to do an animation block. So Wolf Walkers and mm-hmm. Shrek. Mm-hmm. At this next one, I'm going to throw it in here just because just oh, I know yeah, it's going to piss this, people off. What's going to uh, be? Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm editing this. All, you know how, where we're going to get to in like two hours? I'm editing this <laughs> over there. This is going to be a complete fucking mess, and I'm editing it over there. I don't care. I'm throwing it here. This is not in weave trial. This is now in the middle. This is at the two-hour mark, okay? I might even just cut whatever sentence is at the actual two-hour mark and just toss it in there. Whoops. At least I'm making your editing harder now. Look, fantastic Ah! Mr. Fox. The, okay, the first, like, actual... So, first of all, I, I don't know why I decided to watch this. I think I saw Sam talk... Oh, you know what it was? In the Discord, they were talking... Uh, last time media, shout out to the Discord, although I really don't go there these days. <laughs> That's another story. Uh, <laughs> anyways. No, it's I'm, okay. Yeah. It's safe now. The toxicity's gone. So well, I'm still there. Never mind. I lied. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's one of the shows they do is a retro and nostalgia podcast called Knockback, which, by the way, might be their best show. So if you ever want like a good like like throwback podcast, it's amazing. Like you, you love that one, too, right? Look, look, I don't know what is ever the best. I just feel like Sacred Symbols has like a lot of funny energy. But Knockback, here's the thing to the five people that are listening. The special episodes, I just stole that from Knockback. Straight up. Just, just, just full on, straight up, all the special episodes. That's just Knockback, except with dumber people. Well, I mean, we're the dumber people. Well, not Knockback. So, yes, Knockback, fucking great. Dagan Moriarty, lovely man. He, I didn't get him to sign our posters. I'm always going to regret that. 
<laughs> I still appreciate the poster nonetheless, but God, God bless Dagan. He's a great man. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so basically uh, he, they did a Wes Anderson episode. I, I don't even remember which movie it was. Uh, Rushmore, I think. Rushmore. Yes. Um, so here's my history. I don't like Wes Anderson. I've tried multiple times to watch Wes Anderson movies. I've never liked Wes Anderson. He was partially ruined for me by that same friend, but I honestly wait, wait, think even without just that. To, to add to the lore, the same friend that had um, told you wrong about uh, loss in translation, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. So partially ruined by them, uh, but honestly, I, I just don't drive with that style. So I really don't think it would have mattered with that or not. Lost in translation, yes, I think that was actually ruined, but these, not so much. Um, <laughs> but Fantastic Mr. Fox, so like, honestly, the first like 10 minutes, maybe 10, 15 minutes I was watching it. And I was like, you know what? I might have to eat my crow here. This is actually kind of cool. I, I don't mind this. And then after I just, it just kept going and going and it's so overly pleasant and quirky and optimistic. And, oh, look at this, look at this energy. We're going to, we're foxes. So we're going to prance around instead of just walking normally. And, oh, look at this. And, it, oh, I, I hate his style so much. It's literally just a Wes Anderson movie animated. So I, I don't know what, like, but it's, it's like that meme, you know, you open the fridge, dead dub, open the bag. I don't know what I was expecting. That's me with this fucking movie. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm done with Wes Anderson. I do not want to watch any more Wes Anderson. This was another mystery. Me. By the way, the animation was actually really cool, but kind of creepy. So, Passive Pixels is announcing that March is going to be Wes Anderson month. That is fucking right. We're going to watch every single Wes Anderson movie. We're going to watch the quirky one. We're going to watch the quirky one. And, of course, we're going to watch the quirky one. I haven't watched enough Wes so, Anderson yeah, movies. So, yeah, just, just Wes. You've seen Moonrise Kingdom. Is that it? I think so. Moonrise Kingdom yeah. is, like, really fucking good, though. Like, that's... I have to have, uh, I've never seen that one. I don't even... Uh, I don't know. You're a sucker for um, coming-of-age stories, so maybe but also wes anderson yeah fair enough i don't want to talk about you haven't seen fantasy mr fox right no i mean look, wes anderson oh no i watched isle of dogs as well and isle of dogs was one where i was like ah yeah that was wes anderson all right and i was i felt cold yeah a lot of people don't like that one to be fair so that's not really indicative of him i think but yeah two out of five uh, i'm done with him so yeah if you hear this two hours in, then just know I was censored. You know that if I have any power, I'm just going to abuse it. Absolutely. Sorry, I was taking a drink of Fresca. <laughs> okay. Uh, fantastic Mr. Fox is, we'll get there out of 10. Um, we'll start with Wolfwalker. I mean, hey, by the way, you can edit uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox here too if you want. There's three free. I'll give you an Done. easy out. <laughs> uh, okay, so Wolfwalkers. So this is thanks to Sam. Shout out to Sam. We love you, Sam, um, who's been on some of these. Actually, what, what has he been on? Sam was on the before episode. The before, right. The before. Yes. Okay. Uh, Wolfwalkers. So I've never heard of this. I've never heard of this animation studio. I got a free trial from Apple TV to watch the tragedy of Macbeth. And he's like, hey, since you got this free trial, there's literally nothing else to watch on Apple TV except for this. So watch this too. I was like, sure. Why not? Uh, Beautiful, gorgeous. Gotta love Apple streaming. Fuck Apple though. But yeah, this was great, honestly. This was really good. I mean, they just, it's so nice to see an original animated movie that's not from either Disney or now Ghibli at this point, because they're really the only two I can think of. And I mean, DreamWorks is there too, but they don't do much anymore. That's decent. Um, And this was really, really great. Really great. 
it was just absolutely delightful in every way it's it's an it's irish like it's it's irish made so like you've got an irish cast and and it's just kind of irish folklore stories and apparently it's a trilogy of ones that they don't i don't think they connect but i kind of want to check the other ones out now but yeah this was just really enjoyable to watch and just feel good the entire way through a good story good animation really unique animation too so you know i can't say enough good things about it this was just such a cool watch i have nothing to add someday i will bend the knee to tim apple and watch this yeah so wolf walkers was a four out of five for me and i guess that's your your score bend the knee to tim apple one day correct uh, t- tim apple will make me bend the knee out of ten all right and then shrek uh i mean what else is there to say about shrek i mean this movie for me has dawned has has brought in so many memes and so much joy to me throughout the years i i will never forget the stupid fucking uh 4chan green text of like the onions permeating through the room (laughs) fucking shrek just fucking some shit up man but yeah, I mean, this is maybe one of my favorite performances from Mike Myers. Like, he's just so iconic in the role of Shrek here. Um, and yeah, it's still one of my favorite animated movies of all time. It still holds up very well. Some of the animation definitely looking a little bit more dated now. You can certainly see some of the the roughness in 4K, although it is a very nice cut. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just so many classic performances here from him, from Eddie Murphy, from Cameron Diaz. And I mean, what else can you say about Shrek? I mean, and if you haven't seen Shrek, it's just weird at this hmm. point, right? Um, okay, Shrek. Um, I have let this movie slip, in my opinion, over the years. Uh, constantly, whenever I think about it, I think that it is what Scary Movie 1 was for the parody genre, but not as devastating, where it was a very successful movie within its genre, but then every single person who watched it learned the wrong lessons from it. So even though Shrek is probably a very competent animated movie that wants to be a little irreverent, everyone that watched this movie went, oh, it made money because it was irreverent towards everything. Green light fucking all of DreamWorks to make this now instead. Um, and of course, just to continue the metaphor, Scream, uh, sorry, Scream, Scary Movie went, oh, we're going to parody pop culture, and that's just going to be part of the joke. And everyone went, went, parody pop culture to the fucking end of the earth. I need this shit dead. So, yeah, Shrek has slipped in my mind, but also the thing is that I don't think I hold it in enough regards one way or another. Like, I don't feel strongly about it one way or another to go back and verify if that's even true or not. Because honestly, at the end of the day, Because we have Shrek 2, I don't care about Shrek 1. Shrek 2 is legitimately one of the best sequels ever made. And just because of that, you know what? Shrek 1, I will probably give you a little bit more credit than when I started talking and saying, you at least gave me Shrek 2. And that is something worth commending. Yeah, I need to rewatch Shrek 2 because I don't remember liking it that much. But it's been a long time, so... Uh, I don't know when I'll rewatch it. I'll, I probably wouldn't unless there's a 4K cut release for it. So maybe one day. Um, so yeah, uh, Shrek is going to be a... Yeah, thanks for Shrek 2. Oh wait, no, hold on, hold on. You know what? I'm going to give Shrek 2 a score as well. Shrek 2 is going to be a... How do you have a cover that is better than the actual song and you snuck that shit into a children's movie out of all of things to sneak it into out of 10? it's true Shrek is a 4 out of 5 for me I love it Uh, to keep with the theme of monsters uh, I watched Pig Um, 
You know what? I thought I was like, yeah, that was good. Um, you know, Nicholas Cage did some acting. There was a pig. Everyone's like, oh man, is this dude? And I was like, oh shit, it is this dude. And then you get to the end, there were emotions felt. And you, you found out about this man's history. Yeah, it was good. Why does why why do you love this? This 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 isn't even like a like an uh, like a goading question or anything. It's like, what what did you see in this movie? Help me find out why I missed something. So there's a lot of different reasons for me. I guess we start at the start here. Um, f- first of all, you have like for me, there's a lot of meta background into this. Nicolas Cage has been making so much shit for so long yeah. now. And you just do you, his name sadly has become synonymous with shit. Never used to be that. He, he has so many good records and movies on his record. He won an Oscar and very deservedly so for leaving Las Vegas, which is a phenomenal movie. But yeah, it's basically to the point now where again, you hear Nicolas Cage, you're like, Oh God, what dumpster fire of a movie is this going to be? Then here comes this movie called you hear about it, about a guy whose pig gets stolen and he goes looking for vengeance or to find his pig. And you hear that and you're like, you hear that and you're gonna be like, oh God, like this is going to be terrible. Like this is going to be fun. This is going to be just action. It's going to be stupid over the top, all this shit. And you get none of that. You just get a really down to earth, tight story about a man who just fucking wants his pig back. And, And he's obviously gone through some shit in his life. He's tired of it. He's retired to the, the mountains. Like he literally wants to get away from humanity. He just doesn't want to be around people anymore. Which I respect now. Like, fuck people. Like, he doesn't want to be around any of these fuckers anymore. He just wants to fucking chill out and enjoy life with his pig. That's all this poor guy wants. Some fuckers steal his pig. He's got to go talk to these fuckers. And you just get some really just, there was two scenes in particular for me, which I guess these are kind of spoilers. So, okay. Overall, really positive in the movie. You like it. Spoilers. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, honestly, the fact that we're discussing this movie, like I, I want to be convinced of why, what I missed. So spoilers feels like it's necessity. All right. So three, two, one. I can't believe they actually killed the fucking pig. Fuck you. You oh, pieces of pain. shit. Actually did it. Okay. Anyways, so there's two scenes in this movie that stick out to me. There's the the, the first scene where he's basically the, the the waiter finds out that that's this guy, this famous cook, and he and that scene to me is just mm, I, I love the acting in that scene, and it was so great to see him be able to bust out his chops again for that, and just for him to be able to kind of go through and have that really good speech. I love that scene. But then even more so than that, the scene where he prepares the dinner for the guy and the guy is, yeah, it's basically Ratatouille in fucking human form. And he's so like the the dinner just reminds him of his, uh, just of what he's lost and it brings him to fucking tears and he just can't do it. And it just made me think, man, I would like to be prepared a dinner from somebody who's able to put that much heart and soul into a meal and just, and just know me and just know what I would want in that moment and and know what would make me react like that. Like to have that kind of passion for food and for life and be able to, to be able to hit on that. 
So yeah, I don't know, man. There was just something about that scene in general that hit really fucking hard for me. And it obviously hits hard for that guy. And then it's basically right after that, you find out that no, like these idiots just killed the pig as they brought him in there. He's been dead this entire time. And it's just so fucking heartbreaking to me. And then, you know, it's just basically you come to terms with that. It, it comes to terms with his pig's gone now. He goes back and I don't know. There's just something so melancholy about the entire movie. And it was just nothing what I expected, but everything I wanted. Okay. Uh, I will also say that that ending shot of him just slowly walking into bed and he gives that little glance to the pig's bed. It's like, oh, oh I miss the pig too, Nicolas Cage. I do too. Um, would it be fair to say that some of the surprise of the fact that Nicolas Cage wasn't just taking a paycheck that maybe adds to it or if I removed the great against type casting here, I still think Mm. I would really love this movie, but I would be lying if I didn't say this is another great benefit to it. I love Nicolas Cage. Like even all his shit aside, I am so happy for him to get another role like this. I've always been a big fan of his. So there's definitely a little bit of homerism in me for that. That's just beyond happy for him. But yeah, just everything connected for me. Plus, this is the like another thing I find incredibly impressive about this for me, anyways, is this is the guy's first movie. You did this. So I always oh, love to see that when like this is your first movie and you come out swinging pretty fucking hard like that, then I'm always really excited <laughs> for what's to come in the future. Um, okay, so in other words, in the tier ranking list of first features for passive pixels, uh, at least for this episode, it's going to go uh, once pig and then way 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 lower it's going to be tangerine and then planet lockdown <laughs> well i'm putting planet lockdown first fuck, fuck, fuck that i haven't seen a masterpiece sorry pig. oh sorry sorry not planet lockdown because it's yeah. not planet yeah, whatever the fuck the movie's called we don't even know dude i don't fuck. even know what fucking movie you just have to put question like question card. you have to put question 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 for the fucking <laughs> for the, the time stamp <laughs> it's gonna be like a fucking gotcha box it's gonna be like ah what's gonna be this time oh it's the same fucking movie every single time that you click that timestamp. oh my god that's great but yeah uh pig i think maybe you know i know how you said that it wasn't you know the surprise of nicholas cage but i wonder how much of it is it that this is like maybe still within my first five exposures with nicholas cage I don't know what it is, but like, I was like, yeah, this is very good. I think maybe it just wasn't in my taste. I think that's probably it. Uh, the only thing I'll say is that it makes me want to watch Ratatouille sooner. Yeah, I would. I gotta rewatch Ratatouille too. To be fair, too, me and Poot had been sucking it off pretty hard, so maybe it was a bit overhyped too for you. No, but that's that's the thing. I don't think I went in with hype because, like, okay, was there something else on this list? Oh, Druck uh drug was overhyped but that one landed for me so like i don't really think hype is something that affects me because i just go in like okay well i guess i don't know i'm not going to be disappointed so pig everyone all of you love it so me going in, i was like okay well i'm not gonna be disappointed and i walked out going yeah i wasn't disappointed yeah you liked it that's all we can ask you not like you hated it or you pulled a brandon or something so we're good Um, uh, by but, the way, I guess we should, we did this twice, so I guess we should probably get backstory. Uh, Brandon uh, is a young uh, gentleman uh, on the Last Dan Media Discord. Um, 
he doesn't like the godfather and finds it boring uh he also likes anime so um that's like 12 strikes right there uh brandon you're not listening to this fuck you brandon um you know what because i even had to mention you that's another strike 13 strikes congrats um i think you lost the entire fucking ball game already (laughs) oh god yeah so i really love pig good stuff passive pixels is really just for us to bully people isn't it yeah exactly Goon squad um okay pig is gonna be uh oh i got my pig out of ten I give it a four and a half out of five my third favorite movie from last year very good all right um you know what i'm just gonna throw another one out there because it's there um a very brady sequel uh it was short and i was like yeah sure you know what let's go ahead and put this on um a very brady sequel is definitely a step down than the first one but there was still a lot of jokes in it that I really enjoyed. They brought back the entire cast. Uh, there was at least one running joke that I kind of missed that they didn't bring back, which is that the middle daughter is a legit psychopath. Like, this girl is fucking insane in the first movie. And then they toned her down in the sequel, and I was like, oh, well, that's actually kind of disappointing. Um, but the sequel pretty entertaining um it still was funny um but really at the end of the day the first one is still probably better the second one i could take it or leave it so right now i'm kind of at a holding pattern of do i want to get the blu-ray because i did like the sequel the blu-ray includes both of them and that's the only way you can get the first one so you know i think the fact that i'm even you know debating it means that i probably won't get it but I am very glad to have discovered these movies because I'm very happy to see that there was a pre-21 Jump Street movie like this. So, yeah, very Brady sequel. Worse than the first. Uh, honestly, the funny thing is, I think it actually like didn't even make its budget back, so this movie was a fucking bomb. I feel like that's actually too harsh for this movie. Like uh, the fact that it bombed is a bit of an injustice because this movie is a lot better than the amount of money that it made in the box office. So yeah, a very pretty sequel. Uh, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have much more to add. So we're going to watch that uh, first one at some point. So uh, we will see if I ever get to it. Okay. All right. Uh, go on to the next one. Uh, okay. Well, scores, scores though. Oh yeah. Scores. Um, Ooh, ooh, okay, you know what? I'm probably going to ruin a joke, but fuck it, who cares? Um, There is a moment where a black woman shows up and she has three girls that are all basically the same age as the Brady Bunch girls, and all three girls act the exact same way as the Brady girls, and then the middle one says something that the middle Brady girl says all the time, and it fucking killed me. Out of ten. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, so I will watch. Maybe I'll watch it one day out of ten. I don't even know what the fuck to say after that. Um, Accurate. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I still got a lot left here. So I should bang out a few. Um, yeah. Let, let's uh, let, let's bundle some old Kino. Well, ah, we'll, we'll call it Kino. Some old Kino together. Uh, Network and some like it hot. Uh, we'll yeah, talk about Kino. we'll talk about Network first. So the Network was fantastic. So uh, Mac, shout out to Mac. Ten. no no okay no. mac uh mac. he has so many bad takes sometimes and it's just like mm, mm. 
Mm, mm, you know, uh, I, I, he'll be on the show again, but it's like, I'm keeping my fucking eye on him. Yeah, if you, if you want to hear more of him, the Tendies episode, that's where Mac was on. Anyways, uh, we have an exchange going on where we each give each other a movie every month we watch it. I gave him Mulholland, Mulholland Drive this month, and he gave me Network. Um, yeah, this was great. This was really good. Just some classic 70s Kino here. Just fantastic stuff. Uh, the satire is biting in this movie, and it's absolutely still relevant today, even more so today, I would say, than maybe when it was made, which is pretty crazy. But it's it hits hard still. There were times in this movie that I was like, oh, man, this like I swear to God, Nightcrawler just must have just seeped so much inspiration from this movie. Um, and it was really cool to see for me. So, yeah, like it's great. It drags a bit near the end. Like there's some bits in it. Like basically there's the, uh, what's the guy's name? I need to look this up. Um, fucking, I should know it too. Sydney Lumet. I'm just going to throw it out there. I have no idea if that's even right or not. Uh, no, Peter Finch. Uh, Peter okay, Finch, who's, who plays uh, Howard Beale in this. Basically, whenever he's in the movie, my eyes were glued to the screen. I could not go on it. But there were there were like sections in the movie where it basically has this alternative storyline in it that I just didn't care as much about, which was a bit disappointing. Uh, but whenever he's on it, I was just totally 100% invested. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in. He has an incredible rant scene in this movie. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe if you even haven't seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. But it's it's so fucking classic, and I had somehow never seen it before this movie, and it was just great. I was like, "Holy oh. shit, that is worth the price of admission alone." So yeah, network, nothing but positive things to say about it. Just a really great experience. We're going to do this live, um, network into Letterbox. Oh, Sydney Lumet was the director. Okay, there we go. That's what you're thinking. On HBO Max, baby, this is going to happen at some point. Who knows? Yeah, you'll. I think this will be your shit. It's good. Very good. I mean, okay, uh, HBO Max out of 10. There you go. Okay, uh, some like it hot. Uh, look, I'm going to be honest. I didn't. This one didn't quite hit as hard for me, but it's still pretty good, especially for the time period. You have to remember that. Uh, this one, uh, here's the thing. So this is from the same director as The Apartment. The Apartment's more of a drama and a lot more serious, and I think I can take, I think I like that more than a lot of the 50s comedies. Because the, the comedy just doesn't hit as hard for me, unfortunately. But this is still a really good movie. Like, I mean, Jack Lemmon's great in here. Uh, Marilyn Monroe, seeing Marilyn Monroe do her thing, incredible. Like, absolutely incredible and just, just so cool to watch. This, like, absolute icon of that era just act in a movie like this. It's, it's so cool. And, yeah, bonk me, but she's still hot even back then. <laughs> look, look look i will bonk you but just know that i'm a hypocrite as i do it yeah fair enough <laughs> but yeah this was great i'm so glad i finally got around to watching this and i do want to that director has so many classics so i definitely do want to check out some more stuff he's done uh so again this didn't hit quite as hard as the apartment for me but i mean it's still a stone cold classic and definitely worth watching. Really good movie. I'm pretty sure I have it on the list, and I'm pretty sure the ending of that movie it's etched into my brain already, uh, which is uh, something like I'm a man. Well, no one's perfect, and you know yeah. what? That's enough for me. I'll get to it eventually. Out of ten, perfect. Uh, three point five out of five for me. All right, and then I'm gonna bang off another two here. Uh, let's do, do it. it. Prometheus and Alien. Let's talk about okay, Prometheus. Snooze. What? Snooze. <laughs> <laughs> so, I need to drink water. Water yeah, break. Water break. 
So Prometheus and Alien. So Prometheus is obviously the prequel to Alien, uh, written by my by the amazing Damon Lindelof. Shout out to Leftovers. And Shout direct- out to Damon Lindelof and TV. <laughs> and directed by uh, Ridley Scott, of course. Look, I am maybe the world's biggest Prometheus stand, and I'm fully willing to admit that. But I fucking love Prometheus. I love this movie so much. I even raised it to my rating of it higher this this recent watch through. I love this movie. It's just to me, it's such a stone cold sci fi classic. It's so iconic to me visually and just the cinematography and the set designs and the locations in this movie. It's stunning. I, I just, the story they tell here and how you get the origins of the xenomorphs and these people try to discover their creators. I fucking dig this shit so much. And I think I said in my review, but I'm, I, 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 for so long, I've defended my love for this movie. And I, and I think I'm done doing that. I think I'm just going to embrace this love instead. Because I think, like, if I'm making a top 10 sci fi list, which I have, this is easily number five or six for me. I love this movie so much. The only thing else, I'll just say, I, it's still incredibly heartbreaking to me that we will never get a second part to this. It did not do well. It bombed at the box office. So Alien Covenant came out. I still haven't seen that, and I don't know if I ever will. But, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm disappointed for that. Because I think, I really do think if he was able to tell the full vision of his story Lindelof had in mind, we could have had something special. Very sad it didn't happen. Okay. The 4K was in my house, and that was literally the only shot that I had of trying this movie (laughs) again and rediscovering it. And so now I will choose violence. I hate this movie. Do I hate it? No. I don't believe that for one second. But is it fun to say? Yes, of course it's fun to say. I don't like this movie. Do I even remember it? No. So it's probably more like I don't care about this movie. But we're just going to move it over to hatred because... Fuck it, why not? Well, don't forget, I still got the Lost in Translation trade in my back pocket one day, so maybe maybe, okay. we'll, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll cash it on Prometheus. You see, if you do that, you know, I'll, I'll consider, you know, like uh, maybe, a, maybe a Black Friday and Prometheus hits $10 again? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it is a very gorgeous 4K, too. Very nice cut. Uh, but yeah, so, okay, you hate it. I love it. There we go. 4.5 out of 5 for me. I don't even really hate it. It's just fun to choose violence. Fair enough. I hate it. Is that your score? <laughs> Yes, sure. <laughs> uh, Alien. Uh, so, I mean, now here's a way less controversial take, but this movie's oh, incredible. Alien. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah l- less controversial. Uh, this is like ahead of Prometheus for me. It is a top five sci-fi movie of all time for me. Um, probably the most tense, one of the most tense just movies I've ever watched. Like, it's just, it, it's it's a master class in how to build up tension and kind of like just unleash it all at the end. You were left on the edge of your seat for this entire thing. The way it's structured, the way it's filmed, it's all just incredible. Shout out to the 4K cut for this. This movie's from like the early, the late 70s, excuse me. Yeah. Um, and it, it looks like it's another apocalypse now. Like it basically looks like it was shot yesterday. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. They cleaned it up so well. Um, this movie, I think it launched Sigourney Weaver's career, I think. I don't know what she did before that, though, so I could keep be talking. I'll check. But yeah, check. But I'm pretty sure this was her big break and she was absolutely fantastic in this, obviously. And there was a lot of really great performances all throughout the board in this movie. And just the biggest of fucking shout outs to Ridley Scott. And I mean, love him or hate him. And yes, a lot of his newer movie, ha- newer movies haven't hit. I still got to see The Last Duel, which will be soon, hopefully. But this motherfucker makes Alien. 
And then a couple years later, fucking makes Blade Runner. Like, I mean, how can you have two more iconic fucking sci-fi movies in your career back to back in your fucking filmography? Like, that is incredible to me. Hold on. You say iconic and you are underselling it. Yeah. Those are two movies that are seismic shifting in the exact same genre in two different ways. Yeah, and ba- and he makes them back to back. Like that's just incredible to me. Like, mm-hmm. like the fact that just like that's insane. And he's already he's earned whatever fucking accolades he wants after that. And he has he's been able to basically do whatever he wants with his career after that. So he deserves the, it. You do not achieve goat status quicker than two movies that redefine an entire genre, and then you fucking come back and redefine it again in a completely different way that doesn't step on the previous toes. Totally different movies. Like, totally different movies. By the way, yes, it would be her big break. It was her third feature. Um, The first one is just a credit for what seems like a nameless role. Uh, There's another movie called Madman that doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, so might as well not even exist. So yeah, Alien, big break. There you go. That's what I thought. So... Yeah, uh, but that, that's it. I mean, Alien, what else is there to say? Fucking classic. Do you have anything you want to add to Alien specifically? Or? So, you see, when I heard that it's a good transfer, that makes me really happy because I watched that movie when HBO Max was shitty. And uh, even through shitty HBO Max compression from like a year or two ago, the sheer atmosphere of this movie is so fucking incredible it just makes you really sad that cg just kind of fucks things up because you can tell so much that everything in that movie is actually there and it leads this tactile dirty nature to it whenever people are like oh man star wars feels like it's actually there it's like yeah yeah okay that was like a year before sure but like you ever seen alien though no, no, 100%. I fully agree with you. And mm, it's just, it, it's a masterpiece. So, amazing movie. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly timeless. And yeah, Alien deserves all the fucking roses it gets. Yeah, 4.5 out of 5 for me. Uh, it's going to be uh, Ridley Scott. We still have fucking beef, okay? I don't know if I'm going to watch the watch the last duel, okay? Out of 10. All right, how many do you have left? I caught up. I have a one, two, three three four okay let me do two more then and then we'll be close to caught up basically caught Got up. It. okay two okay. more i'll bang out quick uh jackass forever look jackass forever i saw this in the theaters it, i mean it, it's jackass <laughs> i mean you, you yeah. it's on the t- it's on the tin can you know what you're getting with jackass it's fun it's so much fun it's maybe my favorite action of any of them but i mean when oh. i say that they're all so funny to me so it's hard to pick a favorite but i was laughing so hard i was basically crying many times in the theater it's like that with all of these. It's just so stupid, but you can't help but laugh at these idiots. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to spoil it. Like, you watch these, right? You're going to watch this, right? Uh, I mean, you can tell me because I'm going to forget okay. anyways. So, I mean, like, the, the probably the best, like, the, the couple gags that stand out to me, there's one where this guy, like, he gets hooked to this lie detector test, and he basically is asked a couple of questions and gets electrocuted, and then he's like, oh, this oh. is bullshit, and then they leave the room, and then a fucking bear walks in, <laughs> so it's not even about the fucking lie detector. There's just a live bear and oh yeah they stuffed salmon down his pants <laughs> so it's like holy oh, shit no. this guy could fucking die and just a look of fear on this poor man's face <laughs> like you just you're so worried for his life at that point 
And then shout out to Johnny Knoxville. He actually, like, he doesn't do that many stunts in this, but he'll always take the worst one. And he literally gets fucking hit by a bull. Like, just full, oh yeah, full on, speared by the bull again. And basically has cracked ribs and just, the poor guy, man. Like, he just, he just is willing to take the hits. So, uh, it's Jackass. It's so much fun. I love it. All right, let's see. Jackass. I think I've only, no, no, okay. I've definitely seen the first two, and I just remember thinking with the the most lasting impression that I had with the sequel was, man, that was a lot of dicks, huh? Oh yeah, and there's more dicks in this one too. Like, oh. Okay, uh, did do you remember if in Jackass 3D they toned down the dicks or were they no. like, ah, it's 3D, more dicks, more dicks? Ah, okay, um, okay, then I, I feel like at some point I should watch these documentaries, you know, because it really <laughs> fucking blows my mind that that's really like that's what else do you categorize? No, these you have to, like it, comedies, it, yeah, like they're not scripted. Nope, it's basically so, what they are. Yeah, um, so I will watch these again at some point. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to do that because I feel like I don't have much motivation to watch them. And most of the time, whenever I don't have motivation, I'll just grab my wife and be like, hey, you're going to be my motivating factor. Your motive, you'll be my motivating factor. And she'll just go, sure, why not? We spend time together. That's okay. I like this. So I don't know if she'll laugh. So. Uh, perhaps out of 10 perhaps 3.5 out of 5 so i will do one more here uh we'll talk about it just watched this yesterday the Mm -hmm. 2017 uh it obviously with the with the new pennywise and all the kidlets and yeah hey this movie's great it's still fantastic to me holds up very well this is the first time i've actually seen in a few years i saw it a couple times in the theaters but i haven't watched it since found the steely for it the 4k cuts i was like let's do her up uh this movie still scares the absolute living shit out of me (laughs) like i don't like clowns i i never have so i mean this is just hitting the wrong buttons or the right buttons however you want to say it so yeah, it's still genuinely scaring the shit on me. Like there were many times during this movie, I was on the discord yesterday, just blabbing. And it wasn't because I was bored. It was because I was scared to look at the screen. <laughs> so but flat out, I am a bitch when it comes to this movie, but I still love it. It's great. It's also a great coming of age story. Stephen King's story is amazing here. Um, and yeah, part two doesn't exist. <sighs> Clowns do nothing for me. And part of me feels like it is kind of like hey you know you should probably be a little bit scared uh and i don't like horror that's just like boo ah i like things that get into my brain and then just crawl there and stay there for months on end and yeah. it doesn't exactly seems like it fits that bill i kind of don't want to hang out with kids really I, I something about that movie i'm like ah, i'm fine nothing about it ever attracts me the most interesting thing that i can say about this movie is that my wife and her two friends were watching this in the living room on the oled and that was probably the moment where in one of the dark scenes around the end of the movie i was like huh oleds in the living room aren't exactly the right mix are they <laughs> yeah it was hard to see eh? mm-hmm. oh yeah you, you got you got it turning into shit and i'm just like can't really tell what's going on you know the reflect i, I can see the curtains the curtains look kind of nice <laughs> yeah it's a very dark movie which by the way it looks great in the 4k like on the old oh, of fantastic but you have to have a dark room like or else you're just missing a lot of the movie uh so yeah it is gonna be uh hey, georgie 
out of 10. A four out of five for me. Okay. Uh, was there anything else or are we back to... Uh, back I've to got five left. I can bang through one more quickly here. Yes. Um, Go ahead. Speed. speed. So speed. Um, yeah. I mean, hey, this is some old-fashioned 90s action, baby. They literally mm. just do not make the action movies like this anymore. This yep. was just so much fun. And and not only was it fun, but Keanu Reeves looks like he's having fun in this. Like, this is just, yep. it's just a blast. Uh, from the minute one of this movie with the over-the-top 90s soundtrack and, like, the intro, like, title card sequence, I'm like, yeah, I know what I'm in for. This is good. Let's buckle in. This is fun. And it didn't let up. It's just your typical action thrills until the very end. Sandra Bullock's good here, too. I'm actually not a huge fan of her, but she's fun in this. Same. I mean, totally serviceable. Uh, I mean, the only complaint I have, I mean, this is him in general. Actually, let me make sure I'm saying his name. Like, I got the right actor here. I don't want to look like an asshole. So hold on. Dennis Rodman? Dennis Rodman. Wait, no. You see, my, I, I don't even remember what his name is. Yeah, it's Dennis Hopper, I think, but I want to make Den- sure. Dennis Hopper. Whoops. Yeah. There was definitely me- a Dennis. Dennis Hopper. Okay. He's so fucking over the top in this. And I mean, that's just I mean, him yeah. in general. But <laughs> Come oh, on, that's my. not a complaint. That's a feature, baby. It's so over the top. I actually think, again, let me I want to make sure I'm not wrong here. So hold on. Double check, double check. He basically plays the exact same character in Blue Velvet. I'm not even joking with you. Like, it's, oh, I just got that movie. Please, why did you make this connection? You made. Why did you tape Blue Velvet for me? Now I'll just be like, ah, it's the guy from Speed. God damn it! Oh, fuck. Ah. Don't worry. Maybe I'll forget by that. <laughs> no, I won't. I I just got the Criterion not long ago. Oh my god! The problem is, is that I can forget things when they're not linked. But if you're going to link speed with blue velvet, I'm gonna be like, ah, oh, man, shit. Okay. Man, David nonstop really thrills from da- nonstop thrills from David Lynch, baby. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Anyways, speed was fun. I like this movie. Oh, by the way, Disney Plus, man, 4K HDR, gorgeous. Disney Plus streaming, very like, like it all. Uh, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll give it the same score I gave it in the last episode because I don't. Yeah, really you just talked about this. So. For thinking stuff more. Yeah, so th- three point five out of five for me. Very fun. Okay, uh, back and forth now. Yeah, drunk baby. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. I'm gonna go get water. Um, Go for it. Uh, this movie was great. Um, holy shit. It, this movie is what I imagine drinking with the boys is like, okay? This movie is so fucking chill. The movie just feels like, man, you want to hang out with some friends? Do you feel like your life is in a rut? Have you just tried hanging out with the boys? And the movie just goes, bro. Just hang out with the fucking boys. Come on. Hang out. Have a little drink. Realize that your life around you is fucking great. And um, that's incredible to me that drunk is just so life-affirming. I kind of hate that I stole that phrase. I don't remember from who, so whoops. Uh, but drunk is just so much about reminding you that yeah, things can be shitty, but you know, there's still probably a lot of good going on if you don't get up and look around every once in a while. Uh, the entire movie is about drinking and pretty much the effects of that partially. Uh, 
I don't even drink, and I feel like I love this movie. Um, it made it had that specific moment where it the movie does take a turn at some point, and the movie just kind of looks at you and goes, "Are you in?" And I realized I was really fucking in at that turn. Um, also, the ending is probably the only time there's ever been a dance number at the end of a movie that I really loved. Uh, Druck is incredible, honestly. I, I cannot believe that this movie is this good, and um, I can't wait for the American remake to have Leo overacting it, and uh, I'm going to be pissed. So first of all, slight correction, this movie is called Another Round. Just want to point no. that out. It's, an- no. it's Another Round. That's the title Called of the Druck. movie. Another movie. Druck. Another round. Druck. Druck. Um, look, I'm not going to bore everyone. We're already running a little long here. So I'm not going to bore everyone with um, my thoughts uh, on why I ha- hate this movie. And I've never seen it. Suffice to say, this movie is on my spite list. And there was a very good reason for this movie being on my spite list. Um, for me, anyways. I mean, it's pretty childish, but fuck it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I won't watch this movie. Yeah, that's just... That, that, just uh, it's going to be uh, have a drink with the boys and have a little dance out of ten. It's going to be a, the title of this movie is another fucking round out of ten. Truck. It'll be another round when the American version comes out. Fuck me. All right. Uh, almost famous. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, do you have something else? No, no, that's it. Oh, my bad. I was like, I was like oh, almost famous. Okay, okay. cool. Cool. So, um, yeah, yeah, like this was just an impulse buy. Uh, I saw the Steely for it. I'm like, oh, do I want this? Is this Steely hard to get? Should I get this? And then I think you were like, yeah, this Steely is not exactly common. If you want it, maybe get it. I was like, ah, do I still want it though? I don't know if I'll like this movie. So I got it. I was like, fuck it. Let's watch it. I've heard it's good. I'm all about these coming of age movies lately. This is one of those. Um, for about like this movie, it, it takes a while to get going and kind of unveil the full extent of the movie to you. Um, it's a little bit slow at times, but overall really great movie. The way it ends too, in my opinion, really elevates the movie and puts it like I was, I don't say I was torn at it, but the way they, they kind of trick, they bamboozle you a little bit. Let's put it that way. A little bit of bamboozlement. And I was like, oh man, I'm like, if this is how it's going to end, I'm kind of pissed. Like this is actually going to bring down the movie for me. But then they kind of bamboozle you. I'm like, oh, you got me. You fucking got me. This is great. And that's kind of how it ended for me. So, yeah, I mean, this was really cool. I think the coolest thing about this movie, though, is it's basically based off a true story, the real life writer for the Rolling Stones and kind of the experiences he had. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny to me how, like, none of this shit would happen now. Like, there's no way a 15 year old yeah. kid is going to get to travel the fucking road with a fucking rock man. Like, that shit is not happening nowadays. Any... R. Kelly wasn't that long ago. Oh, fuck me. Canceled. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Uh,. There it is. There's, there's the cancellation joke of the week. Took a while to get the Finally. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, so besides our Kelly's tour bus, uh, <laughs> just wouldn't happen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just great. Uh, honestly, I did not know Kate Hudson had this in her, but she's very good in this movie. Did not know. I only knew her from rom-com shit, but she's quite, quite good in this movie. And yeah, I mean, this is just a great coming of age story. Good, good cast, good acting, good story based off true shit. Hard not to like. Very enjoyable. Uh, I didn't want to interject, but R.I.P. Aaliyah. R.I.P. Aaliyah. Um, almost famous. 
you know what? It's literally just Homie Tiny Dancer that is something that makes me want to watch this movie. Um, I'll get to it. Uh, let's do another live check of Almost Famous. Are you anywhere? Drumroll, please. On Hulu. Okay. There we go. Well, there we go. Maybe, maybe that pops up. Who knows? Um, so, uh, hold me closer, Tiny Dancer. Yeah. Great, great song. Great moment, too. Uh, do you have do you have two left? Oh, I you know what? I'll knock one out because I think I have three left. And oh, um, I have three. I have three too. Then we're good. Keep going. Uh, okay. All right. Um, I watched the Mummy, the proper one, the Brendan Fraser one. And Fuck uh, you, you know, Mac. This one, there we go. Exactly. You fucking undercut me. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Screw it, <laughs> Mac. You're a fucking clown. Okay. The Mummy. You're gonna fucking sit here and tell me, well, I could just play Uncharted, or I can watch Indiana Jones. Well, you know what? The Mummy is just as good, okay? It belongs within that realm. If you're gonna be talking about Indiana Jones, where you have fucking Crystal Skull bringing down the average entirely, and then you have Uncharted 1 bringing down the entire average, the Mummy's already better than those, okay? So you know what? We can't talk shit about the Mummy. Brendan Fraser is a goddamn king in this movie okay this man look we finally completed the trilogy of uh white man holding a gun in the desert okay we have nathan drake <laughs> in uncharted 3 we have um oscar isaacs in uh star wars the rise of skywalker and then we have brendan fraser in the mummy like we finally got the trilogy and the mummy is just so much fun this is exactly what blockbusters used to be they used to kind of be a little action they used yeah. to be a little romance they used to be a little bit of comedy they used to be a little bit of horror and it balances all that entirely nicely with cgi that somehow has kept the same okay i don't want to say the same impact but basically the cgi is so weird to me because like you can see it and it's like yeah, I can tell this looks like CGI, but it still fits. So that's probably due to a strong art style. But then the CGI, whenever it looks bad, quote unquote bad, it kind of fits in because the movie is already so pulp that the CGI looking off almost helps the movie. Um, the Mummy is so fun. And this is probably the first movie that made me think do I want to break the shelf rule? Like, The Mummy isn't one of my favorite movies, but do I want to keep it because this is just a, such a fun movie that I want to keep it and show people? Yeah, maybe. So, I'm almost thinking that maybe this movie gets a provisional pass where it floats around my house, and then when I finally finish showing it off, it leaves my collection. So, congrats, The Mummy. You probably created a new criteria that i can judge movies by so congrats the mummy um i'm gonna give you a brendan fraser smile out of 10 fucking high score if you ask me yeah this movie's so much fun it, it really is and you hit the nail on the head man again you just don't get movies like this anymore you, you really yeah. don't you're kind of right at the end of the 90s here so you're still kind of in that 90s action zone brendan fraser is doing his thing here man i, I love brendan fraser hope to see, i think he's actually in it He's in a movie, I think, coming out soon that I want to see or that I'm interested in. I think um, it's a Damien Chazelle that's banger. The that's the one. So, yeah, I'm excited to see him in that uh, and just for his career to take off. I've always liked Brendan Fraser. There's another movie of his that's just guilty pleasure I like. What is it called? Um, so Blast from the Past. 
blast from okay. the past. That is just guilty pleasure, fun shit. That's all that is to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, what else to say? The mummy's fun. There's action in it. Mac, fuck you. I do want to say this because it's something that just always makes me sad whenever I think of Brendan Fraser. I think a studio exec tried to sexually assault him, and Brendan Fraser's like, I don't play that shit. And then he had his career tanked because of it. And it's something that every time that I think about it, it infuriates me knowing that we could have had more. The Brendan Fraser Assange could have started. Wait, no, does Renaissance, no, Renaissance requires rebirth, but shut it, whatever. Um, we're just, okay, okay, so if the Renaissance is the re-enlightening period, what was the first enlightening period? You well, know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna worry about this, okay? I'm not gonna worry about the logistics, you understand what I mean. We yeah. could have had a Brendan Fraser Renaissance in the early 90s where this man was just star power gold in leading all these action movies he could have kept going later into the 2000s but then his career just was murdered just so wrongly by that asshole so all i want to say is that brendan fraser is a fucking king in this love this man and i just i want to see more of him now same 3.5 out of 5 for me uh it was by the way it was not um damien chazelle and i am slowly checking to see what it was then oh killers of the flower moon okay but who direct oh martin scorsese who shit there we go this man holy shit he's getting in a there's not i was gonna say there's not a lot of directors i'd say like above chazelle because he's very good but he's scorsese man like that's that that's that's high praise so to be in his movie that's Mm. Darren Aronofsky is pulling him too. Oh, what's Afonsky's new movie? I haven't even heard of that. Uh, oh, fucking one. down okay. for that, man. Down for that. Uh, the whale. Oh, 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 okay. I think I have heard of this. Yeah, I'm down. I'm so down. Oh, it's an A24 movie. Holy shit! I can't wait for the trailers to lie to everyone. It, it's already got uh, five half star ratings on Letterbox too. So the Afonsky haters are out early for this one. <laughs> uh, let me see. Is there anything the okay? Uh, the film is already in the can. That that's it. It just says that. So I Perfect. assume it'll probably be it's, out maybe end of this year, beginning of next. Down for that. I'm always down for more Fonsky, man. He makes he makes interesting shit. Interesting is definitely the way to phrase it. Uh, so yeah, the mummy. <sighs> Fucking great time. Awesome time. Awesome. time. All right, and from an from an awesome time to a very heavy time. Let's talk about waves. Uh, look, so we, we, t- <laughs> we talked about this a little bit earlier. Just give it a little mention here. And we're finally going to get to it now. Um, so I, so, okay. Yeah. So yeah, you get full props for this because there's been a couple, there's been a few times where you've met, where you've mentioned it. You're like movie sad you like, and that's basically all you've said. You didn't yeah. say much more than that. That's all you needed to say. I don't movie need to sad, say more. <laughs> movie sad you will like, um, this movie's fucking incredible, man. Like, this movie is so fucking incredible. This movie, I just spent $30 on the fucking Blu-ray. This movie is incredible. That's how much I appreciate this movie. Uh, it, it caught me completely and utterly off guard with how much I enjoyed this movie. There, there's so many things I want to talk about with this movie, and there's obviously not all the time in the world. But, I mean, I've just we never... We can give waves a little extra time. I, 
I've never felt like this movie, the, the it's basically like, I, I don't even know if this is a spoiler. I don't think it is, but the, f- the first part of this movie is just fucking breaking you. It breaks you into a yes. fucking pile of goo. It makes you feel like shit. And then it puts you back together. And uh, I cannot say enough about the job done by this director and apparently this movie is kind of hated on the fucking letterbox critics and the fucking some Twitter critics. And I don't know. They can fuck off, man. As far as I'm concerned, this movie's a goddamn masterpiece. And there was a review that actually Sam pointed out to me who, that basically said, this is a 24's Magnolia. And I'm like, you know what? You're not far off, man. Cause this movie's big. It's fucking messy at times. There's a lot of fucking emotions and feelings going on in this movie, but it all comes together so beautifully for me. And I fucking love this movie. Mm, I love it. I fucking love this movie as well. It's really fucking good. A large part of me always wants to watch it again and see if I like it enough to evaluate it for the collection. But Dorian's praised it enough. I feel like at this point, this discussion is going to be for us now. So three, two, one. Usually I would spoil the ending, but instead the big twist is at the middle where uh, basically the movie swaps over from the brother who finishes killing his girlfriend on accident. And then it switches to his sister and her slowly having to rebuild her life after the destruction that her brother did. There we go. We got a spoiler out of the way. Um, What I wanted to mention through spoilers, first off, more than anything else, is the fact that the aspect ratio slowly closing in in the first half. You know how I told you my small reservation about uh, about it maybe coming off just a little too pretentious? I was thinking the aspect ratio may have been something, but here's the thing: it's done so well, though. Yes, and what I was going to say is that I fucking loved it i fucking loved it um my i watched this movie completely blindly i had no idea what it was i just knew that i wanted to see it right um i watched it with my sister uh my sister my wife her sister and then her husband so here's the thing i don't really try to give them too many heavy movies whoops Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so when i that's the thing what i mean by anything else is that i'm watching with people who wouldn't exactly go for this they're not exactly you know studying it like i do and when i pointed out like maybe 10 or 15 minutes in i was like is the screen getting smaller and they're like what are you talking about i'm like i swear that this movie is shrinking and then we got like maybe 40 minutes in and they're like oh shit you're right and i was like and just oh my god the first half is so relentless Mm -hmm. and then it almost makes you feel bad that the girl dies and then finally that's the moment where you're allowed to breathe how the fuck did you condition me so hard that a teenage girl dying is me going finally yeah Anything else? <laughs> Did you feel like I, I undercut you a little? Or? No, no. It just, it's so heavy, man. Like, it's, like, you have no idea that entire first half of that movie is just such a roller coaster and anxiety and just nonstop stress. 
and they use the aspect you're right like if on paper like if you were to tell me beforehand yo this movie is going to basically fuck around with the aspect ratio as part of the story i'd be like that's stupid that's pretentious i don't like that i would say that because that sounds stupid to me if you just tell me okay that, cool so in other words that feels like i may have been on the right track no I, I'm yeah i agree to learn you better i agree if yeah if you if you tell me that on paper i think that sounds fucking stupid but you see it in action you're like okay i got that now that's fucking cool and it is you don't like you don't even really know like i didn't i certainly didn't notice it fucking 10 15 minutes in i don't have as good eyes as you it took me that fucking half an hour 40 minutes and i'm like oh shit okay you're fucking around with me now like i see what you're doing here the, the the biggest reservation i have for watching this fucking movie is that i watched it on crave which is fucking terrible streaming quality yeah. so unfortunately it did not that's why i'm i just said fucking i spent 30 dollars on the blu-ray because i'm gonna watch this again very soon after i get the blu-ray uh because i want to see it like in full picture quality but yeah i i, I don't like man i like i don't give out the five out of fives like candy i don't i have like over 900 movies log now and i've given out 37 now and waves is one of them so i i can't say enough good things about this movie um and then yeah you mentioned the first half and then just the second half basically when you're finally you kind of you do the protagonist switch which i always love that that's a trope i love when you switch your when you do that when you do the big switch like that the last of us part two (laughs) 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 but yeah it's a trope i love we're we're really healing you now bringing you back together um but yeah it's like (laughs) you uh you just you 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 take her perspective now and that's it like you don't see him again until the very very end of the movie and it's all about her now and it's and and i just remember because i again i know nothing about this movie and i just remember i'm like okay if the second half of this is misery porn too with her and like her life goes to shit I'm actually going to kill myself after this movie. <laughs> like, I'm like, I can't handle it, Mr. Trey. I, I cannot do this. So please let this be happy. And thank God it is. It, it is. It's mostly happy. It's still some very sad and touching stuff happens there. But this is about her putting the pieces back together. And oh my God, it's beautiful. It's so well done. If it would have been just misery porn into the second half, would you have gone for the coveted six out of five? Yeah, probably. Honestly, <laughs> I would have killed myself, and then in the in the suicide note, I'd be like, "Wait, it's six out of five. <laughs> fucking Mounties break into your house once the stench gets too bad. And they're like, "Hey, what does the paper say? Wave six out of five, huh? Yeah, we're gonna send this down to the lab, eh? Figure out what's going on here. <laughs> oh man." But yeah, um, I, it feels bad because like the second half is totally fucking still good. It's just really that that first half is like immaculate. Um, I do want to touch a little bit on the thought that you had presented earlier about how there are some people who I think had some sort of controversy with this, which is um, really fucking annoying to me. I what was it again where I think it's like, oh, it had to be a black kid who killed a girl or something like that, was it? Oh, it, it, I honestly, I have no idea. I didn't want to fucking pay any oxygen to it. I just, I heard from Sam that people were bitching about it. I was like, you know, I don't even fucking care because fuck them. The movie's amazing. Fair enough. I'll let you judge. Should I just? But that sounds right. Uh, okay. It sounds right. Okay. That is good enough for me to keep going then. Um, I kind of fucking hate that process because they're a completely normal family the kid is in well i mean the boy was in wrestling sure he killed a girl but like you know he was normal up until that point uh he's being stressed by a parent that just completely pushes him too hard and honestly probably to the point that's too far 
Uh, both parents are successful. They're in a big house. I don't understand how this is anything racial. Like, yeah, honestly, this no, is actually really positive no, portrayal. There's, there's no race baiting in it whatsoever. They they just they cast a black family because they were all tremendous actors and did an amazing job with it. There's like race does not play a part in this movie at all. Like it just doesn't. Like it's not one of the themes. It's not one of the story. And if that's what you think, then you're a fucking idiot, and you need to reevaluate the way you watch movies because that's not you missed the point. Is what you did. Honestly, it just feels like if you were to swap all these characters to white characters, the narrative would still work. So then, at that yeah. point, like it's exactly like you said. Then what is the the race has no part in this movie? So then, why is it a point of contention? Honestly, it feels a little bit more honest to be like, yeah, black people fuck up too, because you want to know why? Because you can just say people fuck up too, and look at that, the statement is still true. Incredible. Who yeah. knew? You, you literally hit the nail on the head. You could literally just swap this black family for a white family. Nothing would change narratively. Nothing. Oh, actually, there's one part. Okay, there's one part. Uh, the the, the abortion. The abortion. But that's it. Wait. Wait, the abortion? She did the, the the protester calls him the n-word oh yeah, yeah. so you, you change oh that my God. you would change that. but literally that's it that that is the only thing you would change in the entire movie mayo monkey vanilla gorilla <laughs> May- mayonnaise monkey <laughs> <laughs> that would have really changed the scene you hear them oh saying vanilla gorilla you're like whoa oh my <laughs> Moving from a five to a 4.5 out of five six out of ten. Oh no sorry six out of five <laughs> <laughs> here you go <laughs> Oh my god, but yeah, uh, Waves is fucking incredible, and I feel really bad about shortchanging the second half, but honestly, the second half is just kind of a... The second half is the cover of the movie. It's just this family completely devastated about this horrible shit, and they just had to rebuild, and Mm -hmm. honestly, it kind of makes me feel bad that all I can really do is describe it besides heaping even more praise on it, because eventually you just look at the first half and you just want to praise that instead. No, it's just an incredible movie, um, and if you if you're listening to this and you've never heard of it, if you're okay with heavy shit, definitely check this out. So, five out of five for me. It gets the Scorsese. I love this movie. Uh, if you like heavy shit, watch it. If you don't like heavy shit, can you get tricked into watching it, please? Sure, sure. Yeah. Out of ten. There you go. Do it. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and toss it to another banger that I utterly love. Wally. Um, I've had this movie in 4K for about honestly I think I looked at the receipt it's been two years now that it's been sitting in my collection and I just kind of knew yeah I like you you're going to stick around and I decided to finally watch it again and fuck man I love this movie I legitimately love this movie this is easily my favorite Pixar movie and I think technically where I put it in my favorites list it is also my favorite animated movie of all time and you know what when I say it out loud yeah I think I'm okay with giving it that title uh Wally's first half is another movie that is immaculate um it is almost wordless for about an entire hour and you immediately get endeared into this little robot with almost no words to him, literally just through animations. And, you know, it's an animated movie. If you can make me care someone by literally just moving things on the screen, fucking incredible work. Great job. That's already a 10 out of 10 shit right there. And not only that, just the entire amount of 
love that this movie feels like it has for pieces of Earth. And it's just, it does always make me feel a little bit sad that maybe because I know the era the movie came out in, that it feels still very much like, yo, man, we're going to save the planet. Eh." It always has that tinge to me, but also at the end of the day, I knew the time it came out, and anyone who watches this isn't going to be thinking about how that was around the time period that, like, it was, uh, switch over to green, we're going to save the planet, honestly, I think the green shit comes in waves anyway, so, you know, maybe whenever WALL-E 2 comes out and Pixar is creatively bankrupt again, you know, we'll have another uh, go green message to, to match it up, I don't know, but yeah, the first half is immaculate. I love the design to Eve so much. Like, it it does always bother me a little bit because I totally know that they... Well, I mean, Wally already has a Mac boot-up sound, so obviously Eve, you know, they looked at some of the iPhone products and were like, yeah, just do that. Just turn that into a robot. But, you know, I give Apple a lot of shit. None of the shit has ever been about their actual design because, like, all their products are pretty. And Eve is just that. And the contrast between her and Wally, and how you see these two characters, and like you could be like legally blind and you could still be able to tell the difference between these two characters. And I feel like that is always a strong mark of animation whenever you don't even really need that much detail to be able to tell what that character is, which is honestly reflected in the credits because the credits has them drawn polygonally and there isn't really that many features in them that you need to be able to show what that character is uh yeah wally first half incredible fucking magnificent right the second half i walked into the second half thinking oh well we're in space now and i guess this is gonna be a little bit weaker but no it stays just as strong just in a different way which I was kind of shocked about. I think what it is is that the music itself changes in accordance to the fact that you're in that world now. And here's the thing. I'm pretty sure I wasn't that musically inclined about it more than a decade ago now. So being able to hear the music then lets me buy into moving from Earth to the Axiom ship. And um, I I just want to mention, because I didn't know this, I didn't know that Jeff Garland... um, Jeff from Curb Your Enthusiasm was the captain. Uh, so that's always going to be funny to me now. Uh, but yeah, the second half is still just as good. And I don't think I transcend uh, any stronger than whenever Wally and Eve are doing their dance in space. That shit just sends me reeling. And I think it may be peak Pixar for me. Uh, also, Wally, remember how I told you that the first half is all about you loving him? The second half is utterly devastating because the second half just goes, how much shit can we put him through? The moment where the compactor almost gets him, I was like, I know how this movie ends, but also, can you please stop bullying Wally? Please? I love that little robot, please! And then you get to the end, and there's that minor fake out, and I was like, this is really fucking sad. Why did you make me care about robots? I don't want it. I do actually want this. I do want this, but please, can you bring the robot back? And, oh, Wally is lovely. I love this movie. I'm so happy I had this steelbook. And that's not even because, you know, 
you can't find it anymore and it's expensive as fuck. I just love this movie. You know, it's funny. I don't think there like there's a lot of movies that I need to rewatch and reevaluate my opinion on. I think Wally might be near the top of the list for me that I really need to give a second watch to that cuz I like it. I like it. I just don't love it. And I don't know, maybe it was a mood thing or time thing, but I, I, that seemed that movie gets a lot more praise than I, that I feel like I gave it credit for. So I definitely, definitely need to rewatch it. It's been so long. Um, I, I, Ratatouille is my personal favorite Pixar movie. Um, hmm. I love Ratatouille so much, but I, I Wally's just something that I mean, it's timeless. The robot, like, there's just so many. Like, it, it's pretty. I want to say iconic. Like, there's a lot of. There's a lot of really striking images that I can remember from that movie, even though I haven't seen it in so long. Um, Dude, and yeah, it, it, it literally pro- opens with a like a 50s song. So yeah. like it already feels timeless immediately as soon as you get there. Yeah, and, and it, it really is part of that peak golden era of Pixar where they yeah. just were doing nothing but banger after banger after banger. So yeah, that's definitely one that's on my list to rewatch uh, as soon as I possibly can because I feel like I feel like I don't I just feel like I don't give it enough credit. Um, I remember basically from what I can remember again, it's been a long time, but I remember loving the first half of that movie, and then when things get into space, it's falling apart a bit for me. So I think that's where I need to kind of reevaluate things and check it out again. What I'm always impressed with is that in my mind, it always felt like the second half was a little bit more aimless, but when I watched it this time, I was like, no, it all flows perfectly. There's, there's nothing that I would cut. Everything that they show me is a piece of the axiom that I actually want to see. And honestly, now that it just occurred to me, holy shit, this movie is probably the most cynical that Disney has ever been because by and large, do you remember by and large at all? No, dude, by and large, at least back in the day, everyone was like, Oh, that's Walmart by and large is fucking everything on everything in the planet every single business is by and large the government is by and large the the entire reason the world went to shit was by and large the the axiom is by and large like the the fucking plan to get humans off of earth and into space was by and large it's it's so weird because like it's it's wally right like you're here for the cute robots right you're here to feel something and then you're done but there's this undercurrent of the fact that by and large, honestly, it's probably, it used to be Walmart. Now it's Amazon, right? But by and large is, it's so weird because Wally is a green piece. It's, you know, hey, you should probably recycle and all that shit. But it's also like this really cynical movie of like, dude, fucking corporations suck. Like they do not have your best interest at all. And rewatching this movie and being like, dude, this is fucking terrible. All these fucking people are completely brainless zombies that are just consuming. Yeah, a corporation would want this. And it's something that is just, it is a sprinkling of in this movie. And it just said so much through the little pieces. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I never expect. Oh, dude, there's a scene where babies are being taught their alphabets and they're like, a is for Axiom, your home. B is for B in large, your best friend. And it's like, Jesus Christ! Ah, Wally Incredible. Yeah. I I, I want to rewatch it and even kind of deep 
dive with you, I think, a bit more on it. I, I do remember it being very cynical. Um, and I like that, man. I, I, I wish we'd see more of that kind of thing from Disney, which we won't really now. But, <laughs> but I actually, you know what? Disney having Wally now is actually almost a little ironic. <laughs> yeah, no shit, eh? Fuck me. <laughs> You're not wrong. But yeah, no, Wally, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to reevaluate that one soon, I think. Um, I wish I could add more to it, but it's just been, it's literally since I was a kid, I watched it last or younger. So completely fine. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this a, actually, you know what? I'm going to look this up because I want to get this right. Kia phone play buttons on the side. (laughs) Oh yes, there it is. I found the first cell phone I ever had. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and give this a, the Nokia 5310, if you Google this phone, okay, this is going to be part of the score. <laughs> My score for Wally is the Nokia 5310, me putting on Wally in like 240p on this phone and watching it in school at a 10. Interesting. It sounds like a terrible review, but I, I, maybe I'm missing something there. No, no, no. That's the thing. It sounds really terrible, but it's also like... This movie's been with me for a while. Okay, fair. Okay, I get it. Then. Cool. Uh, I'm going to give it a, you know, I'm not even going to give it a score. I might actually wipe my score off of Letterboxd because I think I'm going to rewatch and reevaluate. So we'll do that at a time. Beautiful. Oh, didn't you know, just, just a little tangential relation to that. I actually had Wally on my favorites list, but I was like, I need to rewatch it, reevaluate where it went on the list. So, you know, it's kind of weird that I was very positive on this movie already. And then I just need to figure out and fine tune where it went. For sure. So this next one, um, I'm saved. I saved it second for last. Like I probably should put waves here, but fucking cause we can't, I don't really want to go into too much depth because I know you haven't seen it, but we'll talk about it a little bit because I really loved it. Uh, Ed Wood. Um, so, so Ed Wood, this is one, uh, Sam's been kind of, he's been like, yeah, you should watch this for a little bit. I've always wanted to, uh, here's the thing. I'm not the biggest Tim Burton fan and I'm even less of a Johnny Depp and I'm, I'm less of a Johnny Depp fan. Same, um, but I've been slowly changing my tune because I was a big dumb idiot about Tom Cruise. There you go. Fair enough. Um, respect the cock. The thing mm-hmm. of with... Magical. <laughs> so I didn't have the highest expectations for this, but this was pretty fucking fantastic. I love this movie. It's probably my favorite Depp performance I've ever seen. And I think it's my favorite Tim Burton movie now. The way it's just so it's, it's from the nineties, it's all in black and white. And it basically tells the true story of this dude who was making these horrible, horrible movies from the fifties, probably worse, probably about the same quality as that one you watched earlier. We don't know. Really <laughs> no, um, no. I imagine that those were probably at least a little more enjoyable to laugh at. <laughs> so at least it's not done in fucking Adobe after effects. For sure. So his, I mean, I was gonna his, his his Goodfellas was a movie called Plan Nine from Outer Space. Ooh, I know about that one, and I want to watch it now. Like this movie, I've been meaning to. This movie has made me want to watch it. Like it has definitely put me in the plan to watch that at some point. It's on my watch list now. But yeah, it's just the the true story, mostly true story about his basically how the he fucking conned all these fucking financers into making his movies and it's great it's so much fun to watch uh it's got a lot of heart to it uh, and like i said just the style of this movie like tim burton usually goes for more fantastical stuff 
this is his most down to earth movie, but he still manages to put his stamp on it and it works really well. I wish he would have done more stuff like this. Like this is just great. So, I mean, this is just one that's been on my list for a while. I'm glad I finally got a chance to watch it. It's another one that if this came out with like a 4k cut, I would buy this tomorrow. Unfortunately, it's another really hard one to find Blu-ray Blu-rays for not going to spend that much money to import this one. But I, I hopefully this gets a 4K re-release at some point. Disney has gone back and been like doing some of their old shit. So I kind of hope this one gets a little touch up at some point because Who Framed Roger Rabbit had one recently. So you never know. Uh, but yeah, great fucking movie. Highly recommend it. Um, and yeah, I, I think I'm assuming you'll watch it someday because I think you want to go through depth shit or something so we can talk more about it. Then. OK, uh, is it Disney proper or is it Miramax or? Oh, I don't think it's Disney proper. Sorry, but it's on Disney Plus, so they have the rights to it in Canada anyways. So um, I assume they have some sort of rights there because all the stuff that's on there is like Fox shit or Hulu shit that they have rights to. So I don't know if it's Disney proper, but even if it's Fox shit, they've been releasing some of that shit too on 4K. So still going to copium. I mean, hell, they've said that heat is coming and that was, you know, WB. Yeah, WB. That's Fox. So who knows? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was through Touchstone. So Touchstone, um, yeah. There you go. Ah, shit, I want to check and see what Touchstone has because I don't know if they've really touched that much for Touchstone when it comes to you know 4K releases. I feel like they did something recently. Oh, wait, oh you're right. You're right. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Like, yes. You literally yeah, said yeah, that. yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was Touchstone. So yeah. So I really hope. Yeah. So okay. Copium back on. Copium back on. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Um, you're probably going to want to put that uh copium back on uh (laughs) okay you're gonna want to put it back on because i'm looking at the list of highest grossing films in north america oh god um signs armageddon pearl harbor lincoln pretty woman the help wild hogs three men and a baby the proposal the water boy who framed roger rabbit 4k sister act ransom bringing down the house sweet home alabama good morning vietnam the village enemy of the state Phenomenon, Dick Tracy, Gone in 60 Seconds, Con Air, Gnome and Juliet. Wait, seriously? Gnomeo and Juliet is whatever. Dead's Poet Society and Unbreakable. So, shit out of luck there. That's two movies. And those are the 25 highest grossing movies ever that they had. Off on that copium, my friend. Off until the day I, I die. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this score a give me a hit of that out of 10. <laughs> it's a four and a half out of five for me. I love this movie. So, great stuff could not find it streaming anywhere so big sad um let's go ahead and get what i assume is the last movie out of the way right yes, like this, this is, is the it. last one for both of us this is it this is the final one under the silver lake now you know we've at passive pixels always feel like peace was never an option no never violence is the only way absolutely so, um, we're going to insult someone who's never going to hear this. Um, that is a, a young Canadian man uh, by the name of Gremlin. Um, you see, this man, um, we all had a concocted goon squad effort to fuck up this man's day. Um, this man had said that under the Silver Lake, uh, you know what? No, no. I feel like you read I review. could... Exactly. I feel like I could paraphrase it, but I would be doing that a huge injustice by doing so. Uh, This is um, a banger review uh, written on December 23rd, 2018 by One Gremlin. Um, It follows. uh, It is one star. Uh, Fuck this movie. 
Actually, you know what I'd like to mention as well, that this is written um, almost like a haiku. So it's one line, one line, one line, right? Uh, <laughs> so imagine in your head that you're in this serene uh, Japanese wilderness, and then you just hear this little pan flute. You know, you got the dude from Ghost of Tsushima just playing the music, and then you hear, fuck this movie. Fuck, it's stupid, pretentious, useless existence. I hate this movie. Wonderful. Um, so we all saw that and went, hmm, I don't know. I don't know about that one, you know? Um, and many of us, it was yourself, it was myself, it was uh, Clown Boy Mac. Um, you like Batman v Superman, so try not to argue that. Um, who else did it? I think Moki as well. Moki. No, Moki as well. Moki, that is your first shout out. Congrats. You you exist now in the Passive Pixels lore that obviously someone is keeping track of. No, Passive Pixels Cinematic Universe, baby. Jesus Christ. The special episodes are the Thor movies. Pretty inconsistent. <laughs> um, so, uh, under the Silver Lake is dope as fuck. Um, who honestly expected this? No one? Um, I don't... <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. Sam, before Trilogy Man, you know what? Hey, Peter, I like him, okay? He's a good man. He occasionally has some good takes. Uh, I will find you. Um, I have your address. Sing Street. You'll understand. Um... Under the Silver Lake is fucking awesome, honestly. Um, I like how it is so cynical about Hollywood and just L.A. in general, and specifically the treatment of women by Hollywood. Um, I, that's the main thing I pulled from it, but also I kind of pulled from it like a whole bunch of nihilism. Uh, this movie's fucking awesome. I'll toss it to you because I've been, I've been hogging all this time. It's okay. Uh, this movie is really great. And it, 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 it sneaks up on you. Like for me anyways, like I always like maybe like, so it's a long movie. It's two hours and 20 minutes and, and it's fine. I don't actually have a problem with the runtime. I think it's justified. And I was like an hour into it maybe. And I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good, but I don't love it. Like, or I don't hate it. Like, I think I'm going to have like a boring opinion on it. Cause I kind of wanted to have like either the one or the other and really take a stance on it. And then you just get this ridiculous scene, which I'm not going to spoil with the songwriter. You know what I'm talking about? And it's just, oh, you get that scene. Fucking losing my you mind. You get that scene. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? Where are we going now? And then it really starts building steam from that point on. And it just kind of keeps going until you get just the perfect fucking ending. That's basically just making fun of you for this entire movie. Like that, ah, it's just done so well. It's shitting on Hollywood. I also think it's shitting on us too, or at least it was shitting on me for the way I was perceiving the movie and viewing the movie. Mm. It's done so fucking well. And, and I love it. Uh, I love it. It's just, it was such a unique movie. And this director did, it follows as well. And I like that movie. I think that movie's pretty good, but this is definitely a step up. So he's he's a director I got to watch going forward. I agree. I did watch It Follows as well. I like it. This is this is blowing it. It follows way out of the fucking water. Um, we both give it enough praise. Spoiler time. Yeah, let's do it. All right, three, two, one. If you actually you're still listening to this, even though you know how I handle spoilers, uh. Good job. I, I bluffed you. I don't really know how to spoil this movie. So um, Damn, I guess boozled. listen. Yeah. Uh, listen at your own caution at this point, I guess. Um, the songwriter's I guess head gets bashed in. 
Yeah, there we go. I, yeah, let's. That's actually really good. That's like a really good scene to ruin. So yeah, yeah we'll go. go in that direction. Um, <laughs> the fucking songwriter knocking oh out God. almost every single show tune from like the last sixty or seventy years was Fuck, something. That scene was good, dude. It started fucking killing me because the the fucking satire. Yeah. I, I guess that's the right term, right? The satire being written there was cutting me to a thousand pieces. I love the idea that basically it's like, yeah, that art that you felt really special about, you think we give a shit about that? No, fuck you. And then it just kind of turns into a way of like, yeah, that media you care about, it's just a way to fucking control you. Which is funny because fanboys and that shit, um, you know what? I don't yeah. think we need to add beyond that, but uh <laughs> yeah. uh basically like think Sly Cooper? Uh, you know, as uh, Conquer uh profile picks as well. Um <laughs> we had to. Um so the movie being so cynical like that's the thing this movie is so cynical about it that you know the movie itself gets to have its cake and eat it too it gets to be a piece of media while also commenting on what a lot of these media pieces are which is to kind of endear you towards them so hopefully they can get into your wallet deeper which honestly it works it really does but to have the movie so blatantly punch you in the face when it's like Fuck! I ah, uh, you really put up a mirror to me right now, didn't you? We didn't need to do this, but you did. Oh my god, that like that! I think that's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, honestly. I fucking love, I love, I love that scene so much. And it just and like I said, from that point on, I was like, okay. And I have a special place in my hearts for movies that are just not afraid to shit on Hollywood, <laughs> like that are just willing to just go in and say, you know what? Hollywood's a pile of shit. And I literally, like, just what was it, last month, ended up watching Mulholland Drive. And, and, and like, that's, like, like, not to spoil anything, but there's a lot of that in there, too. And so to see it again here in just a different, and completely different way, Mighty, these, those two movies, again, they're not they're nothing alike in terms of how they're presented. But you kind of get that underlying, you know, I, I think there's some fuck Hollywood going on here, probably. And you can definitely feel it in Under the Silver Lake. And I love that. Like, I, I just, it's so great. And it's just, you know, you're kind of piecing together these fucking clues throughout the movie with the main character. You're like, oh man, like, this is, this is bizarre. Like, is there actually conspiracy? What's going on? And you you kind of put yourself in fucking Andrew, which by the way, Andrew Garfield's amazing in this movie. Yes. But you put yourself in Andrew Garfield's shoes and just, I, I literally did not think about it until the end where she's like, uh, yeah, this is, we just met though. <laughs> and I'm like, and I kind of, and I kind of sat there for a second. I'm like, well, fuck, they did just me. <laughs> oh. And I just did not. That just didn't clue it to me until the very fucking end because I was too engrossed in the mystery with Andrew Garfield. And I swear that was just the personal message from the director. He's been like, eh, fuck you. It's like, oh, God damn it. You're right, though. Like, what the fuck, man? You guys just met. <laughs> Do you want me to get up my own ass about that? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. You know how I was talking about Hollywood and treatment of women. The yeah. entire fucking movie, Andrew Garfield is a complete womanizer. He's yeah. just oh, yeah. he's fucking all these women. He is staring yeah. at all of them. This man does he just objectifies every fucking woman. Honestly, one of the shots that had me like, fuck, you really did that, huh? 
was the shot of the girls walking to the casting call and it's just a oh. direct shot of her ass right and then yeah. in her hand is her headshots and i was like jesus christ pictures say a thousand words and this is all of them and then some so this movie is so much about how all of it is just sex appeal that is being sold to you and how these women are being grinded up the other scene that fucking i was like holy shit you really did that huh where the girl that he calls like star searchers or something like that is like do you want to get a blowjob from the uh, main character's uh, girlfriend from your favorite sitcom call stars and he then asks her no what was it no before that she says that he's like wait a minute i thought you were in a movie you don't make money from that and then she says that and i was like jesus christ oh my god but I feel what solidifies it from all of this is that final scene. Because that final scene, Andrew Garfield is the audience. Andrew Garfield is the parasocial person. Ah, look, we did it again. The parasocial yeah. person that is following just this pretty girl. And I think she was an actress too, right? Was she an actress? Whatever. But the fact that she is this idealized person that he does not know and he goes through all the trouble for all this and then just gets to the end and she's like, I don't even know you. That is some catcher in the rye Jodie Foster shit. That is absolutely 100% parasocial behavior where this man has projected almost everything that he thinks he knows about her just to have reality come crashing down and you go, oh, wow, you are probably actually fucking insane for all this. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold and, on. And that's the best part. Sorry, one more thing that I want to mention because it's another thing to prove. Um, the fact that the rich people are basically pharaohs and they're being buried with their property. Who is their property? Three women. I rest my case. Yeah, yeah. No, you're 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 bang on. That's right. And it just, I, I just, I just love it because it it reminds me a little bit of like, I, I okay, like I don't know if there's a trope or a word for this, but the, like what it reminds me of is Ten Cloverfield Lane, mm -hmm. in the sense that like Howard is such a piece of shit. He's 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 horrible. He's a monster. But he was right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like he just he he, he fucking he was right. There were aliens attacking and he was right. And you kind of get something similar here where it's like, well, here's this dude who thinks there's this giant conspiracy. He's a fucking moron. But yeah, he's right. You found it. The homeless king. You found him. Good job. And by the way, Matt, like, I'm sorry, but maybe I mean, I, I, I really tend to think I don't like a lot of pretentious shit. Like I hated the fucking neon demon. This movie's not that pretentious. I'm sorry. It's not. It's not. There's a fucking homeless king in it. Yes. Like the. the like, it's not that pretentious. It's really not. By the way, fuck you for stealing my words, okay? How dare you? Again? I'm, I'm just glad which you didn't one? butcher it like my fucking Dr. Pepper joke. Which which one? Which one did you steal? No, no, no. The uh, the fact that there's no movie that can be pretentious when you have a character like the fucking oh, right. King in it. Yeah. No, exactly, though. But you're right. So, yeah. Shout out to you. You said that. But <laughs> you're right. <laughs> it's not. Like, literally. <laughs> literally, you said that. And that's correct. Like, you cannot have a movie that has the fucking homeless king in it and somehow be pretentious. Like, it's not trying to be pretentious. If anything, it's just like, fuck Hollywood, which makes me a little bit scared for that guy's career. But he's already working on another a superhero movie, which bizarre to me we'll see so the funny thing is is that um what is part of the story for this movie is that 
this movie was getting shopped around. A24 was going to be like, A24 was going to put some muscle behind this thing. But then I think when it, when it got shown at some festivals, it got really mixed reactions. And I think A24 panicked really hard and they just kept delaying it, delaying it, delaying it until one day they just dumped it in uh, on VOD without any announcement whatsoever. I feel so bad for yeah. Andrew Garfield, man. Like the guy has been dicked so many times in different projects and completely different projects. Like mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man, he got fucked over. Now this, like, uh, I'm, I'm glad he's finally getting some if recognition. His character got fucked over in the social network. Can we count that too? Yeah, that too, really. <laughs> so, I mean, like, thank God he's finally getting some recognition for uh, Tick, Tick, Boom here. Yes. At least he's finally getting something. So I appreciate that, but... Yeah, this, this movie's fantastic, way above my expectations. And again, a, a, uh, give me that copium, strap it on. Mm-hmm. But uh, A24's uh, releasing their own 4K line now. If this movie ever comes out in a 4K, I will be buying. Look, Easy. look, all the proof shows that A24 does not like this movie. So give me yeah. every fucking bottle of copium <laughs> you have because I need this shit in 4K. It would be a nice, very gorgeous cinematography and shots in this too. So I bet it'd be a nice one in 4K. But we will probably never see it. Visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. Right? But, but yeah, this is a great oh. movie. I loved it. Um, anything else you want to touch on or should I go into my score? Do you feel like we're doing this movie in Injustice right now? I mean, we could definitely talk about it for longer for sure. You could do a whole fucking special episode on this movie if you want. Oh, exactly. There's, yeah. there's just there's so much to talk about with it. it's 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 it, they're, they're, like but to be honest with you i think okay how do i put this i think it's I'm, it's almost an injustice if we continue to keep talking about it i think without seeing it a second time because it's the type of movie i feel like you need to watch again to pick up on a whole lot of fucking shit personally you know what i that's a good way to spin it. I like it. Um, so, yeah, you know what? Uh, I don't want to promise another special episode because I've already done that so many times and I'm still an hour and 20 minutes into editing what is probably going to be at the final edit. A little over four hours of the Matrix special episode. I still haven't done shit about that. So uh, I'm not going to say that Under the Silver Lake is something that is going to get one, but it totally has the potential of getting Stay tuned. Uh, please no one ever stay tuned to, to fucking pass it pixels. Um, okay, scores. Um, the homeless king just kind of going, yeah, you're free to go. You're fine. Out of 10. But 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 watch out, you know. Just, just don't say anything, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, we're cool, right? Like, you're, you're going to stay silent? Oh, I love it. Uh, four out of five for now. Um, a really great movie. Definitely, I, I, I think it has the potential to go up on a rewatch now that I know what I'm getting into. So, I like it a lot. All right. Uh, by the way, that first uh, issue of Nintendo Power oh my is, God. like, really rare, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, very rare and very expensive. It really hurt me just seeing him sharpie it. And I was yeah. like, ah, uh, uh, stop doing that. Stop doing that. <laughs> okay. Uh, we good? Yeah, we good. We done. End card. End card. Hey, look at you. You got to the end of the episode. From episode zero to the day that I finally get lazy and cancel the show, a big thank you to Joey Rawlings for providing the perfect name for the show. Be sure to always give him thanks, either out loud as you're listening to this, or you can just send him a thank you tweet at boogeyman117 underscore. That's Boogeyman117, I-E instead of Y, double O. Be sure that it's an underscore, not a dash, 117.